Hi. The Common Man and T-Bone podcast is brought to you by Care Heating and Cooling. Cold or sweaty is no way to go through life. Call my guys at Care Heating and Cooling for all your heating and cooling needs. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. And stay tuned after the podcast for special bonus content from past shows. Hello? Bye. It's time to take a dip in the pool of stupid. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Did you lose your soap? My mother's soap? Yeah, mother's no, soap. Is it no. gone? Nope, it's okay. still there. All right. Still so. cracking. Maybe a little bit of a turd nugget oh, on God. there. Oh, God. Why did it? Why? Why? I got sucked in. I just was looking at the mother soap thing, and I didn't think about the rest of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Terrible decision on my part. I apologize to everyone. Featuring Panama Ted. Too hot. Leanna Ray on traffic. You know I hate you guys, right? And all the weird sounds the internet has ever made. Just want to <clears throat> remind everybody that it's Columbus Day. He's the only one I've ever met that can handle my junk. Stuff flaps all over the place. Does that make any sense to you? This is Common Man and T-Bone. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. Oh, we have a big program today. All the news and notes you need as we go inside the NFL at 348. We have rapid fire in the 4 o'clock hour. I have a hankering. It's going to be the best rapid fire of all time. You have a hankering? I got a hankering. Oh, is that? I always took that to mean that you've like got a desire to have something. Like I've got a hankering for a yeah, really cheese steak. Yeah, and that I have a hankering. Oh, for it to be a good one. For it to be a good one. That's right. Okay. I mean, I've been disappointed every single week since we started the segment, (laughs) but I think this is finally the week that Ted brings the goods, so I'm looking forward to it. He's Mm -hmm. on it. He's got the sound effects, so that's good. Mm -hmm. And in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll give away $1 million. Stop that. That's not happening. Teddy's money. Don't do that. Well, when Teddy was in Panama... Mm-hmm. Doing pirate radio, he was literally a pirate. He would go rob people, and so he yeah. stole everyone's money, and that's why Ted has all the treasure. Yes, but he did it on a tracker bass boat. He was just <laughs> playing some Kenny Chesney, and he's like, "Oh yeah, man, got the Yeti eyes down. Let's go. Give me all your gold doubloons." <laughs> I, I like the word doubloons. <laughs> oh, I love doubloons. I wish it was used. I wish they called our money doubloons. Wouldn't you use pennies more if they were called doubloons? I probably I would. would. You're right. If it was like, oh, how many pennies do you have? I don't, I don't know. How many doubloons do you have? I have 27 doubloons sitting, I have copper doubloons sitting in my pocket right now. Do they still have the little tray by the register? Take a doubloon, leave a doubloon. <laughs> yes. You know, this whole generation of, of people do. that don't understand the penny tray at the cash register because I don't think they yeah. actually have them anymore. Do they? Well, you know, that's the thing. I have, uh, I have used cash. Well, not, not like the last year, but prior to this thing that we're going through like before that i would use cash occasionally and if i had a couple pennies i just set them on the counter if i don't see a tray and most of the cashiers you know are just like yeah or they'd like take them and scoot them back behind the counter or something but then every once in a while it's like why did you leave those and it's like because i don't want them they're like, well, why would you leave them here? It's like for other people when there's like a, you know, 501 is the number that you're paying. Instead yes. of, you know, give you a $5 bill, you just slide a penny over to the cashier and there you go. That's, yeah, of course. Uh, we have lots of stuff going on today. We have the first college football playoff rankings being released tonight. We'll talk about that in a minute. The Rams beat the Bucks last night. 99 pass attempts between the two teams. And I, you know, those are two teams going into that game that I don't know what to make of. I have not been high on the Rams all season long because 
the, uh, early in the season, the bulk of their wins came against the NFC East. And we know how crappy all those teams are. And so I didn't think they were real. And now I kind of think they're real. Tampa a couple weeks ago kind of made me think they were real, but they're too inconsistent for my liking. So long story short, I don't know how many doubloons I want to bet on either one of these teams to do anything once the postseason starts. I have no idea if any of them are any good. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I will say that I watched this game, and in looking at the stats this morning, when that number was kind of being thrown out there that there were 99 attempts in the game, I, I went back thinking, like, well, yeah, I thought the Rams threw it around quite a bit. Jared Goff threw it 51 times. But I didn't realize Tom Brady threw it 48 times. Like, yes. And, and what it's come to, at least in Tampa's offense, and this is not just them. There are lots of teams around the NFL that do this. This is how a lot of teams run the football now in the NFL. Like, they run it by th- Tom Brady threw 48 passes. He completed 26 of them. He averaged four and a half yards per yeah, completion. Yeah, tons of short yardage stuff. You're right. Yes. Like, this is how those offenses are now running the football is they don't have necessarily one effective back that you can just give the ball to 30 times. So instead, they're going, all right, well, we'll get it to our running backs a little bit. We'll get it to our wide receivers. We'll get it to, we'll just move everyone around and we'll throw it that way. And that's why this game just didn't feel the same way as when I'm watching it. It was a good game. I thought it was entertaining. But yeah, I didn't, I wasn't wowed by Tampa Bay's offense. And I've not totally been wowed by the Rams offense, though I do think it's a little bit more dynamic right now. But yeah, I just, I, I, this is something that is still tough for me to get used to of watching NFL games where it's like we run the football well or we throw the football well or we do both and we mix it up. But the way that Tampa does it is like many other teams, they throw it two or three yards and then hope their guys can make a play. And uh, that's just, that's not my favorite type of football to watch. I got to be honest. But if it works, it works. It didn't work quite last night, at least not all the way they wanted it to. Seven o'clock tonight is when the first college football playoff rankings are going to be released. It will be Alabama number one. It'll probably be Notre Dame number two. I'm guessing it'll be Ohio State number three and then Clemson number four. Although some websites, some, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Speculation is that the Buckeyes will be in front of Notre Dame. Obviously, they're not in the AP, but who the hell cares about the AP, right? And really, quite frankly, who the hell cares about this tonight? Because this means nothing. (laughs) It's a conversation piece, but this really means nothing. History has shown us the first version of this means nothing. It's just to get people talking. Yeah, I mean, the only... I don't don't particularly care, even in the final rankings, if the Buckeyes are two or three. You know what I mean? I'm more interested if they had an opportunity to be one or two, which right now they're not the number one team in the country and they shouldn't be rated as such. But I would also care if it was between three and four, you know, which I think there's a little bit more of a conversation to be had there because perhaps some of the, you know, voters in this, the, uh, the, on the selection committee will say, well, Clemson technically had an injury and that was a really close game. We still think they're the better team than Ohio State. I mean, that, that could potentially happen. And then that changes a lot about, you know, where you're going to play or who you're going to play rather if that's how it ends up but uh, yes this is this is a photo of a, a moment in time it's not going to be the permanent thing come a month from now that's what we should really be focused on every single tuesday here on out seven o'clock they're going to release a new one of these lists with the selection show coming on what is that sunday december 20th is when they'll officially have the selection show 
They say they're going forward with this on schedule, and that's easy to say now, but we know in this world of coronavirus, plans tend to change every single hour. So if you were a betting man, are we going to see the selection show on December 20th, or for some reason, do we get this pushed back? I tend to think we're going to get it on the 20th, and the only hitch, I think, in that would be if Ohio State were to lose, and then you saw a couple of other Big Ten teams that like Northwestern's undefeated, right? Will they get in? I don't know. But if they had like three cancellations or something, or if the Buckeyes had a bunch of cancellations, then then I could see them giving pause to that because I think they're going to want to take a long, hard look at what they do with that fourth. I, I think the first three are not quite set, right? I mean, Notre Dame and Clemson are going to have to play again, but there's a chance they could just leave those two teams in and say, all right, let's have a rubber match, especially if Clemson wins the second one. I don't know. But either way... I think they will stay on course as long as the Big Ten stays on course. That's because everybody else has plenty of games, right? I mean, yeah. all these other teams have seven or eight games at minimum. Some have more than that. So it should be fine in that regard as far as getting the number of games. More virus things today. The Ravens canceled practice after more positive tests. They're suppo- supposed to play the Steelers on Thursday night. We talked about this yesterday where you have J.K. Dobbins who's tested positive. Mark Ingram has tested positive. And you, you're struggling. You're six and four. You're going up against the Steelers, undefeated so far. Huge game for the Ravens on Thursday night. If you're a Ravens fan, are you sort of just wishing this game gets postponed and you play this at some point? You know, maybe that mythical week 18, which hasn't materialized yet, but you're in such bad shape at this point. Maybe you take a breather this week and everything right. So perhaps you can get this ship balanced. Yeah, I, I would say, ship. I would say yep. that John Harbaugh probably will never admit this, but he would prefer them not play Thursday night. Like, no football coach wants to admit that per se, but your running game is decimated right now with, uh, coronavirus. Am I wrong? Like, is that? No, you're absolutely correct. Right. So you, you're, you're going to be lacking a bit in that regard. I know Lamar Jackson is a big part of your running game, but your running backs themselves are not healthy right now. And they have not exactly been playing the best football of, of their season. So having a short week, no practice, bunch of important pieces of your offense, not healthy. That's all bad. And then you're playing a team that, yes, maybe the argument would be for some other people, well, they're going to lose this game anyway. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think they absolutely could find it, pull it together, and beat the Steelers if healthy and if not on a short week. If I'm the Ravens, I'm praying that this game gets canceled so that or postponed so at least you can play them in a later part of the season where maybe everybody's healthy again and you're playing a lot better and you got your confidence back. Now, from a selfish standpoint, again, I don't root for the Ravens. I don't root for the Steelers, so I don't care from that standpoint. From a selfish standpoint, though, I hope they do play this game. Of course. Because it's going to be the most interesting game that we have on Thursday. Although I take that back because even though it's between two terrible teams, Washington and Dallas means a lot at this (laughs) point. I mean, these teams are bad. They both have three wins. But they're both within a half game of first place. It's a monster game. As far as <laughs> it's a monster game because we have a dumb playoff system. And and I wish that the playoff system did not involve giving it to just the teams that win their division. Like I think there should be a minimum threshold. Like, yes, if you win your division, you get in, unless your division winner doesn't win more than six games. Like <laughs> if you're two games below five hundred, then I don't think you should get into the playoffs. I think that should be the bare minimum standard. And then if you have a bunch of teams in another division that do, well then that's fine. And and then let all those teams get it. You could have four teams from one division for all I care. I'm just saying I, I 
you're right. This is a this is a big game. It may not be the your favorite game to watch as far as the style of play or the ability of these teams, but it's massively important for the playoff picture right now. Another top recruit chooses the Buckeyes and Ryan Day. Details coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for on the roads. You will find construction work has the roadway reduced to one lane on I-70 westbound at the 71 East Split. Traffic is slow from Miller Avenue in this area. Plan about a five-minute delay. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. Only an array with fan traffic. The radio home of inside jokes that may or may not become stickers for your car. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Tuesday. Inside the NFL coming up at 348. All the news and notes you need. Rapid fire in the 4 o'clock hour. So your Thanksgiving schedule, assuming all these games get played. Houston at Detroit, that is 1230. Washington at Dallas. It's two poo teams, but two poo teams playing for that division right now. That's at 430. And then Baltimore at Pittsburgh, as of right now, is still on. I don't know how in the hell they play this game with all the positives the Ravens have, and it's Tuesday, and the Ravens aren't practicing. But as of right now, that game is still on. All those games slated to be right here on the fan on Thanksgiving. So enjoy. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we get all of those in, but... Like you said, it's weird thinking of that uh, Cowboys and football team game being something that actually matters for anything because of how bad those teams have been. But it's it's a very important one. And by the way, Teddy, you didn't. I don't think I got enough thanks for what the Browns did and helped you out. So your Cowboys are welcome for that little assist on uh, shutting down that vaunted Eagles team. I mean, they really put it on them. So you're welcome. Yeah, let me ask thanks you a lot. question though. Seriously, do you want to win this division? It's funny because uh, the boat man and I were talking about that earlier because we're both you know, cowboy fans and it's we're kind of it's kind of mixed feelings. You, you like your team winning, but they'll go if they win the division, they lose the first round playoff game, which probably would happen. They would fin- finish. Uh, I guess they would get the nineteenth pick in the draft. Whereas right now you're hovering right around like fifth or sixth uh, pick overall. That's a big difference in the first round. That you know somebody that could really help you. So I. I kind of get caught up in the game. So if they if they beat Washington on Thursday, then I might say oh, maybe we should just kind of win this thing. But then I I'm put I'm torn, you know. But at the same time, you're like I'd rather have a top five draft pick too. That well, that, that's the thing is that if you had a football team that you know, yes, they're not living up to expectations, but they're sort of treading water. Yeah, and you just have to get to a certain point in the season where your big star comes back, and then in the postseason anything can happen. But Dak's not coming yeah. back. Yeah, you know, if he you, was coming back, then yeah, but you're right. You have no chance of winning the championship. No chance of <laughs> no. going to a Super Bowl with this team. No. None. Yeah, that's a that's a really weird dynamic, too, because all the years where my team has been bad or when we've talked about bad football teams in general, and you know, we were just talking about the Bengals yesterday with their injury situation to Joe Burrow. It's like, all right, you're bad now. Unfortunately, you don't have your quarterback anymore. Winning this season does nothing for you. Get a high draft pick, right? But never in any of those discussions has there been, oh, there's a playoff spot on the line. 
And I, I still wouldn't think you'd want to go to the playoffs knowing you don't have a chance. And we're not even talking like Giants 10-6 and six win the Super Bowl with Eli Manning chance. We're talking no snowballs chance in hell you're winning a playoff game, let alone the Super Bowl. I don't know what that does for you as a fan. I, I would not want that. I would rather have the pick and hope to actually get my star quarterback back like you're talking about, Teddy, and try, if we, try it again for next year. Uh, Buckeyes get themselves another top commitment, which is becoming an almost everyday story. This is the 2022 class we talked about the other day, how they got the five-star quarterback, Quinn Ewers, who is the number two overall player in the 2022 class, the number one quarterback in the 2022 class. He was a Texas commit. He decommitted from there, has now committed to Ohio State. They are back in the state of Texas, my friend. Tom Herman doing himself a hell of a job down there for the Longhorns, and they have gotten five-star receiver Caleb Burton, he is the number 15 overall player in the 2022 class, the number two wide receiver in the class. He had scholarship offers from everybody, Florida, Oklahoma, LSU, Alabama, Clemson, USC, Texas, everybody. He decided to go with the Buckeyes. Brian Hartline, of course, was recruiting him because he's in charge of wide receivers. Here is what Caleb Burton had to say about why he chose Ohio State. We dug into what Ohio State has to offer and how they, how well they produce wide receivers after college. He just said there's no better place, talking about Brian Hartline, and the offense they run is perfect for the wide receiver core. All the people he's coached and sent to the league just shows what he does. This is something that we talk about all the time. The, the reason that Ryan Day has this job is because they were comfortable with Ryan Day keeping up that recruiting standard or surpassing the recruiting standard set by Urban Meyer. The reason why Brian Hartline is doing what he's doing is not just his ability on game day and in practice to get the best out of his guys, but to sit down in someone's living room, look them dead in the eye, and say, hey, man, do you want to have an excellent college experience in this wonderful town? More on that later. Please read this lovely brochure about what Central Ohio can offer you and what Columbus can offer you. Oh, and by the way, you'll get rich experience, pad your stats, and get ready for the next level if you want it and you work hard enough. Here's what I have in my bank account right now. Now, I'm sure he doesn't do that part of it, but <laughs> these guys know they want to get to the league and the best person to bring them to the league and have a kick-ass time in college at the same time is Brian Hartline in Ohio State. Yeah, and clearly, I mean, the recruiting pitch is working to a to a level that we have never seen. Never, never. In, I would argue in college football, but certainly at Ohio State. Uh, Colin Hill, who writes for 11 Warriors, pointed this out, and it's a really interesting thing that I did not realize. Ohio State holds as many top 50 commitments in the 2022 class as the rest of the nation combined. Say that again. Ohio State has as many top 50 commitments for the 2022 class as the rest of the country. The Buckeyes have five guys. They have Quinn Ewers, Caleb Burton, who just committed that we're talking about, the wide receiver, Gabe Powers, C.J. Hicks, and Desan McCullough. The rest of college football total has five commitments from the top 50 Ohio State has five by themselves no one else again this is all from Colin Hass Hill no one else has more than one top 50 commitment Look, Ohio it'll State eventually, has five it'll eventually level out right Ohio State's not going to keep up that 
lead over everybody else for the 2022 class, but recruiting is so good. Bone, you've been a Buckeye fan your entire life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've been doing this for a long time. We've seen success. We've seen national championships. And obviously, I have to remind you, and I have to remind myself sometimes, five-star does not equal Heisman Trophy. Five-star does not equal national championship. We know that. We've seen guys flame out. We've seen two-star guys exceed their expectations. So we know that recruiting is not the end game. Ask Georgia about that, okay? But what we're seeing in the current recruiting cycle for Ohio State, we've never seen before. And this is a program used to success. It's it's so astonishing when I look at these recruiting rankings and what Ohio State's doing. I know better, but there's a part in my mind saying, "Well, are they are they doing something wrong? Are they are they almost cheating to get to this level because how can they possibly be having so much success?" The answer is they're they're built for this. They have guys specifically built for this. It's a factory right now. But the success almost makes me doubt it because I'm that type of person. Well, yeah. And, and you know, I'll say this as far as like have we ever seen something like this? We haven't at Ohio State, like I just said earlier, but what maybe you can compare it to a little bit is when John Cooper got it rolling at Ohio State. Ignore the results on the field, but when he got it rolling at Ohio State, he was bringing in NFL talent left and right. I mean, he he had some of the best recruiting classes at that time outside of the Nebraskas and Miamis. I mean, he was right there. And so that jumped it up from being just Ohio State kept everyone in the state of Ohio. They built that fence. He broadened the reach for Ohio State recruiting. And as a kid, I even remember like being, you know, you'd see that there were guys coming in from Texas, guys coming in from California, guys coming in from Florida. And it would, it made me feel good. It was like, wow, Ohio State's like a national power. This is cool. And the problem there with John Cooper's era was they get all this NFL talent. And then sadly, those teams would find ways to lose to Michigan every year. And it, drove us crazy but then you had the trestle era come in and he still got plenty of good recruits but he just changed it a little bit to where he got recruits that found ways to win and he was more willing to take a four-star guy than a five-star guy if he thought the four-star guy had a better engine or something like that then when urban got here it became this whole nother like combination of the two right where he found the engine guys he found the the key cogs and the pieces that you need for leadership but he also got almost all the big names you wanted and now ryan day is taking and just stacking on that and saying all right how many of the top 50 can we get in this recruiting cycle he, he may end up with 10 of them or more who knows that's that's a ridiculous number I'll just add one last thing here. The the snowball effect it can have when you've got five top 50 recruits already in for 2022, how many guys who are defense, maybe, you know, someone in the, that's not their position group is seeing this and going, yeah, I'm undecided between them and Auburn or Alabama or wherever. They've already got this huge amount of guys coming in. I want to be a part of that. I don't want to go somewhere else and, you know, we don't have the same type of thing. Like this can snowball and make it where they get one of the most historically great classes we've ever seen. To your point, and I don't know the answer to this, but Quinn Ewers, number one quarterback prospect in the class of 2022, if he doesn't commit to Ohio State, does Caleb Burton commit today? I, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe the no, answer is yes, answer regardless. Either. But, you know, fellow Texan coming in, same class, he's probably thinking to himself, all right, well, I've got my quarterback. I know this guy. I know yeah. what he's capable of doing. Now he's going to go to the same school I'm going to go to.
Yeah, and as far as the player himself, he's six foot, one hundred sixty pounds. He's a burner. He's got great hands. Like everyone raves about this guy being able to get it done. Will he get it done once he gets here? That's always the question. But as far as like the type of player he is, just you know, they're saying prototypical outside receiver who can burn you with speed, who can you know put the ball in his hands, makes a guy miss, and he's off to the races. So yeah, this is the type of player you're getting. It's it's an exciting time to be a Buckeye fan from that regard. The NFL is mandating tougher virus protocol. We'll tell you about it next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an injury crash on Eakin Road at Whitethorn Avenue. It is causing some slowdowns in this area as they work to get the roadway clear. Please be extra cautious over here. Plan on delays for at least another 20 minutes. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, you pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Their collective IQ is lower than they think it are. Back to Man and Bone. Look, I understand why it's done, I guess. There's certain traditions that we hold dear. I get it. But like the president pardoning the turkey... Why are we still doing this? Who the hell cares? Know. What's the like? Is there someone who looks forward to it every single year where they got it circled on their calendar? It's like this is the day. This is the day <laughs> well, the president's going to pardon the turkey. I don't know, but I also wonder, like, what is it? What good does that do if it's like, yeah, we pardoned the turkey. Now let's go eat some turkey. You know what I mean? Like, what, what's the good? I, every president does that. I'm sure they go in and have one of the nicest turkey dinners you could possibly ever have. So. What what are we talking about? Pardoning the turkey? Like you want to do something? Pardon all the turkeys? Then then we're talking. Then that's newsworthy to me. But no, a president walking out and saying, you know, giblet is not going to be getting the no, axe no, no. this year. It wasn't giblet this year. Oh, who was it? I didn't. It see. was the, the turkey's name was corn. Oh, Jonathan not Davis the band. Out there? Not band corn. C O R N. That's right. They, <laughs> corn showed up. Like, that turkey's got a problem. It's not goblin like it normally does. The president also just pardoned edema as well. <laughs> there's, a, there's a joke that no one gets. <laughs> oh, the turkey. <laughs> corn and system of a down were the two turkeys pardoned this year. Uh, hey, I, the NFL. I, wait, wait, wait. I have one more thing on. Turkeys. What? Can we just stop real quick? Yes, go ahead. Have you seen what they usually do with the turkey pardoning? I saw this picture today and it, it made me irate. They have the turkey beforehand. They put the turkeys up in a nice hotel in Washington, D.C. And they will take no, a picture of like, don't. yes, they do. They showed them in a, on, standing on a bed in a room in D.C. in a hotel. And it looked like a semi nice hotel. The, when the turkey's you know, walking through the lobby of the hotel, do they have to put a little mask on the turkey? <laughs> Well, the thing I thought of is I've seen those pictures before. I've seen them talk about like, yeah, the turkey stayed last night at this hotel and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, what? why are we doing that? And also, wouldn't it suck if like the next week you had to fly to D.C. for a business trip and you walked in and you're like, oh, this is a really nice hotel. What's that? I smell poultry. Oh, you I know, this is a barnyard. VIP room. Corn like, the turkey was in here last week. <laughs> Like what do they what do they do? Do they fumigate the room after the turkey shows up? I understand it's like probably a a very clean turkey, but it's as clean as a turkey gets. It's not like 
tur- it's not like human clean. It's turkey clean. That's I've turkey been clean. Your, you ever been by <laughs> a turkey the, farm? That's the new OxyClean. It, it's not human clean. <laughs> it's turkey clean. You're not fully clean unless you're turkey clean. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just telling you, I have driven by turkey farms like in my many travels around this great state. I've been by them. I've seen them, and they smell. They smell very awful. So I don't know how clean you can get a turkey before you actually clean it like you're going to cook it. I don't know how you can clean one otherwise to then say, yeah, put them up in the Ritz-Carlton. Sure, that's a good idea. I don't understand that. I don't want to be this guy, but I assume that like taxpayer dollars are paying for corn the turkey's hotel room, right? Or is there some I, sort of like anonymous donor who pays for the entire thing, like yeah, a turkey booster? I, <laughs> you mean is it a baster or a booster? No, I'm it's not a turkey sure. booster. It's a booster. Okay, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's what happens. That you have to call the tur- do you have to call the hotel though, and do they take messages for the turkey? That's the other thing I don't know. It's like, do people check in on the turkeys? Do they stay in the room by themselves? Is there a handler? Does the handler check in under his own name, or does he go under like an assumed name? I don't understand. There's so many things here. I don't. I just need to know how the turkey process. Because in my mind, the way it happens is they should pull one of those trucks up that's headed to the slaughterhouse, grab two birds off of it walk them up there and say here you go you're pardoning these two turkeys and then the truck drives off and then they're like okay well i guess we got these turkeys now and that's it like where do those turkeys go afterwards they live out their life on a farm i have so many questions about this the nfl has issued new guidance yesterday for its operations because of coronavirus most notably making it a requirement for players to wear masks on the sideline unless they have their helmet on and are preparing to enter the game. We have not seen this before. Some players have chosen to wear masks on the sidelines, but now unless you're getting ready to go in the game and you have your helmet off, you've got to put a mask on. Coaches will also not have the option to just wear a face shield. They have to wear a face mask or double-layered gaiter in addition to the face shield. Clubs are required to enforce the mask rules, and the memo adds... Violations by players and or staff will result in accountability measures being imposed by the club. The league recommends each team designate one or two staff members to ensure compliance on the sideline. The maximum number of players who can travel has also been reduced to 62 people and corn the turkey can also travel on the team plane. Yes, he's Johnny guy. Johnny Oakhorn, former Michigan quarterback, a.k.a. the freak on a leash, as we used to call That's him. That's right. We did call him that. Yes, we did. Of course we did. Yeah, I look, I don't think it's a bad idea to have as many uh, safety measures in instilled here for the NFL because the reality is... They're not, they're concerned about player safety and all that stuff. And sure, they're, ex- they're concerned to it to the level that any giant corporation is about their employees. But you know what they're also concerned about? Not losing too many more weekends of football. And so right. they, they don't want to have this happen. So if you're someone who says, well, they're overreacting. This is all PC. Well, maybe it is. I don't know, but they're looking at it saying, why give ourselves any opportunity to not have these games played? They're, they are trying to minimize this as much as possible. We may have a Thanksgiving day game canceled due to co or postponed due to COVID. All right. Wouldn't that be the most 2020 thing ever? The best game on Thanksgiving is now not possibly going to happen. That would suck. So they're trying to say, let's, let's do everything we can to minimize that from happening. Cause if you watch any NFL games, you see clearly how it is not being adhered to by a lot of people. So they're trying to ratchet this up and enforce it a little bit harder. 
I've read some opinion pieces on the NFL and their virus protocol, and some people saying, well, this is just lip service from them. It's really all self-serving. They don't care about the people. They just care about their business. Yes, that's true, and I think that's true of most businesses. And the reality is, whether it's out of genuine concern for their employees or because they want to keep games on television and make money, that benefits us, the fans. If they follow these rules and they wear the masks and they do the distancing and they keep the virus low down, then we get to watch football. Isn't that what we all want anyway? I mean, I tend to think so. I think that's... <laughs> that's the goal, right? Is to try to keep the football games going. And and I don't blame them for wanting to keep the players healthy. If you don't think that these are worth doing, that's fine. The NFL has a much more vested interest in it than you do, right? The NFL is 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 potentially losing millions of dollars when games aren't played. So I, you can say that they're doing it for show. You can say they're doing it for whatever they want. Who cares? They're, the they're actually doing it, and they made that decision based not on the fact that Roger Goodell... Is Roger Goodell swayed by public opinion very often, or does he do what he thinks is in the best interest of the people who pay him, which are the 32 NFL owners? And the answer is the latter. You know that. So that's why they're doing this. They think it's the best interest for business, and, and so that's it. There's no need for further argument or discussion on it. They're doing what they think is good for business. All the news and notes you need as we go inside the NFL coming up next. Cobbin Man, T-Bone, and Corn the Turkey right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident blocking the right lane of 71 southbound before 17th Avenue. Traffic is backed up to North Broadway in this area. And an accident on I-70 downtown split westbound before the 71-315 west split that is also causing some delays. This traffic report is sponsored by BP. Hey Columbus, fill your tank with Amico Ultimate with Invigorate and keep on going. Amico Ultimate with Invigorate at BP and Amico Stations. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Listen to this show or go to hell. This is Man and Bone. Hello. Common Man and T-Bone brought to you by Hinderer Motorsports here on The Fan. Inside the NFL coming up in mere moments. We have rapid fire in the 4 o'clock hour. As of now, and I say as of now because they still have testing to do, but Buckeye basketball starts up tomorrow against Illinois State. It is a weird start time for that game. Start time is 2 o'clock. Right? It's two, right? Not three. Uh, yeah, two o'clock start. And that means that we'll go right into our show. Yes. Uh, but do not fear. Tomorrow we will be on as soon as the game is over, which uh, I think they've got us slated to start around five. Unless there is no game, and then in which case we'll be on for all three hours. Well, so. and the reason I say that is because they were going to do testing today, and they were also going to do testing tomorrow morning. And Chris Holtman said that if one test comes back positive on either his team or Illinois State's team, they're not playing the game. Game's off. That's the threshold. But Mike, He's one worked, positive test. I was told they've worked so hard, they should be allowed to play. And if Dabo Swinney was here, he would be throwing a fit because I believe Illinois State's already Chris here. Chris Holtman is ducking Illinois State? <laughs> that's right. Because that, I mean, again, that's not necessarily that's not the Big Ten standard. Am I wrong? That like, if one player has it, they don't play the no, game. No, that is not the Big Ten standard. Okay. This is so this is Chris Holtman's standard. And good, by the way. Like, I support the coaches taking the best interests of their players at heart here. Yeah, it's not likely that a, a lot of college athletes will end up in the hospital because of COVID. But college athletes aren't the only ones who can get affected by a game being played. So. Good. 
Like, good to take precautions well, with this. Let's keep an eye on that. And, yes. and hopefully they, hopefully this isn't an issue, but if it is, it is, and we got to deal with it. Are we going to see this standard once conference play starts? Would we see this standard if a team like North Carolina was here, ready to play the Buckeyes? No, I don't think we would. But I think Chris Holtman looks at these games as glorified exhibitions against teams like Illinois State and UMass Lowell and uh, who's the other one? Moorhead State they have on the schedule. Where he's looking at saying, look, if we play, good. That's a bonus for us. But if we don't, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to bust my ass trying to get this game in no i and i don't think that's uh i don't think that's a bad approach at all let's let's just hope that they don't have any issues and they're able to get this game in tomorrow inside the nfl let's do it common man and t-bones inside the nfl brought to you by my friend dick masheter ford open 24 7 at masheterford.net to bone uh yes thank you to man uh jared goff after the big win yesterday was feeling pretty confident. He talked to the media, and among other things, Rams quarterback said, quote, we can be as good as we want to be, honestly, after defeating the Patriots, led by Tom Brady, and Goff throwing for 376 yards and three touchdowns. He said, we've got it all in front of us. Everything is there for us to take. And I just wanted to point out here that, like, the roller coaster ride that the Rams have been on the last few years, where they were in the Super Bowl, last year they kind of got left for dead, and then now suddenly they're one of the better-looking teams as far as record goes in the NFC. And they apparently, if you listen to all the reports that came out of it last night in the locker room, the team's own like social media people apparently try to take video of some of the happenings in the locker room after the game because there was a celebratory nature to it all. But they said the celebration was so wild and crazy and profane that they just had to delete all the video and they couldn't post it. So what I'm saying is this Rams team is feeling it right now. I don't know if that means they're going to go win a bunch more games and be a Super Bowl contender, but it means that this team with a lot of experience in that regard is feeling like they're back. So I just... I think that's worth keeping an eye on. I'm not saying that that means they're going to just overcome their roster issues, but keep an eye on that because they have obviously a lot of talent and they've paid a lot for it. So good sign for them if they can keep it going. A couple of playoff updates for you here as far as where teams stand. So the Steelers can technically clinch a playoff spot this week. Uh, We know they're going to be in the playoffs. They are 10-0, and they could book one of the seven AFC postseason berths this week. If they beat the Ravens, they will get that playoff spot as long as the Raiders and Dolphins lose their games. They'd also get in if one team wins and the other ties, but they'd have to wait at least a week in the unlikely event both of the other teams tie their games. So that doesn't seem likely, but a win over the Ravens would eliminate Baltimore's chances of winning the AFC North, whether the Steelers clinch a playoff berth or not. And, Mike, this is news that I'm sure will stagger you, shake you to your core. Uh, the Jets have officially been eliminated from playoff contention. Oh, they are no. mathematically not able to do that. Uh, they are obviously over this year. They have not won a single game. They're, this is the earliest in a season the Jets have been eliminated. Not any team in the NFL has been eliminated, mind you. The earliest the Jets have been eliminated since 1990, according to ESPN Stats and Info. So they've... They've also done this previously, uh, going back a few different seasons in 1990. They well, too also bad were... they don't play in the NFC East because <laughs> they'd only be three games out. I know. Uh, so there you go. Um, as far as where the Bengals sit right now, as as uh, we were talking about yesterday with what it means for them should they continue to lose games, they are sitting third in the 
pecking order right now behind the 1-9 Jaguars and, of course, the 0-10 Jets. So the Washington football team is half a game behind the Bengals at 3-7. The Bengals obviously have the tie, 2-7-1. Chargers, Giants, Falcons, playoff contending Cowboys, uh, and then the Dolphins, not technically the Dolphins, it's the Texans' pick, but because the Texans are 3-7, and seven, the Dolphins at pick 9. They are all those teams sitting at 3-7 and seven behind the Bengals. So it is not, like if you win two games, Mike, you could draw from being the third pick to being 10th. So yeah, Bengals fans, just be aware of that. Like you want, I don't mean this Let in me a, in you a casual way. You want your team to lose. Be rooting Ryan for that. Ryan Finley is your quarterback. You are not winning anything. <laughs> It's not going to happen. I understand. They are, not, they are not winning a game the rest of the season. It's done. By the way, that we talk about all the like how there were all those six and three teams going into this week. There are five three and seven teams, and let me count them: one, two, three, four, five, four and six teams right now. Like there, you could win two games if you're the Bengals. If all those other teams continue to lose out, which I'm sure they can't, because some of them play each other, but you're looking at you could fall from like third to like twelfth easily if you won two. Not going to so, happen. I know it's not, so just be just be bad. Just be as bad as you Don't can worry. is what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, Buckeyes getting ready for Illinois. Ryan Day with his weekly presser today. You will hear from the coach coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident on I-70 downtown split westbound before the 71-315 west split. It is causing some heavy slowdowns in that area. And more delays on 71 southbound before 17th Avenue. There is an accident blocking the shoulder. Please be cautious here as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Panera Bread. Introducing Panera's new margarita flatbread pizza. Made with tomato bell pepper sauce. Covered in the finest blend of Fontana and mozzarella cheeses. And topped with grape tomatoes, fresh mozzarella, and basil. Order online for delivery or pickup. Panera's new flatbread pizzas are here for Restrictions apply. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Dare, dare to be dumb. The team that is better on paper will win at least 50% of the time. This is Man and Bone. Happy Tuesday. Rapid fire coming up at 434. Tonight on the fan, it's the Buckeyes show at 6 o'clock. Then at 8 o'clock tonight, it's Inside the Crew. As I'm sure they'll talk about the playoff victory this past weekend and Look forward to someone. Right, who's the is the game tonight? It's Toronto or Nashville tonight at six. That game will be on, and then whoever wins that game will face the crew on Sunday. I believe either at three o'clock or eight o'clock. So we we wait to see who that is. But you'll know tonight probably around eight o'clock. That is causing a. Uh station manager Marco many headaches because he doesn't know of what course. the hell we're going to be airing on Sunday. Yeah, I know. That's the that is one of the headaches that you have to deal with when you're in this line of work and it sucks. Uh by the way, we were talking about turkey pardons by the president yes. and how uh one of the turkeys this year's named Corn, aka the freak on a leash, I guess is what we're calling that one, but uh I read this article, it was actually sent to me by one of our listeners uh and it it <laughs> It's got a weird left turn it takes. I'm going to read you part of this article, Mike. Can you tell me if you can spot the left turn? Okay. okay. It's talking about how in the 40s, I guess, they started presenting presidents with turkeys, but not every president pardoned the turkey. In fact, this is what it says. Quote, Dwight Eisenhower ate the turkeys presented to him during his two terms. JFK received a turkey from farmers with the intent he'd eat it. The poor turkey even came with a sign around his neck saying, Good eating, Mr. President. Kennedy sent the turkey back with a note saying, we'll let this one grow. Turns out the turkey had a luckier fate than the president, who was assassinated just four days later. 
The why? Why did so you write that in this that, article? Like that why? he would he would have eaten the the turkey. I don't know he what it's saying. It was just like I'm reading an article about like what happens to the turkey when it gets pardoned, and then this author was like, "Oh, by the way, don't forget, JFK got shot." And it's like, why? I, I'm trying to have a nice little right. I've like got we a all know this. Minute Bob Dylan song for you to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> what a left turn this article took, and then it goes right on like Reagan was the first president, and it's like, oh, it didn't just we just gloss over the fact that we just talked about JFK getting shot in the face. Thanks for that. Terrible. Why are you doing this? Eh, it's been a long time. We can talk oh, about it. Good now. Lord. I was we not can just pro- throw it in and in a fun article like that. <laughs> this article from chowhound.com. Again, oh, my I guys. <laughs> like I didn't go to the, the like a to a hardcore news website. I'm on a food blog where it's talking about this and then suddenly we're like, Oh yeah, I remember when they uh shot the president? Yeah, that's like when the turkey got pardoned. It's kinda like that. It's in the same sentence. Buckeyes getting ready for Illinois on Saturday. Ryan Day had his weekly presser today. Uh, let's start with Ryan Day's thoughts on the defense. I like what we're doing. Um, I think that we have the right stuff in. Um, just have to execute a little better. And, um, and if we do that, I think we're going to be in good shape. Um, you know, I, I'm not really, you know, I don't think there's been anything schematically where you look at it and you're like, well, that's, that's not good. I mean, Again, we're up 35 to 7 uh, with a defense that's, you know, designed to avoid big plays and we had too many big plays. Um, so I think schematically we're right where we need to be. Um, we just need to execute better. All right. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't think he's totally wrong there. I mean, I think that, yes, there's a lot of things they do have to execute on. And one of those things would be, you know, executing on trying to just be focused for all four quarters of the game. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm glad to hear that he doesn't think it's like some major issue that they can't correct. That's that's encouraging, right? I mean, I, I would hope he would tell us if he did think that. Uh, here's Ryan Day on fixing the defense. Starts with practice today. We got to go out there and, and get some of those things fixed and make sure that uh, we're not giving up big plays. We're forcing teams to go down the field, and that's the number one thing in this defense is is to avoid the big plays. So it starts with that uh, regrouping a little bit that way. And then looking to see, you know, if, if there's other combinations back there that work better. Yeah, that's the uh, the issue is is that all you had on Saturday were big plays. I mean, it was just Michael Penix being a big play machine and taking advantage of his talented wide receivers. But you know, if I'm hearing Ryan Day correctly, and I think that I am, you know, he's saying, "Look, this is this is who I have." We're, it's not like we're we're running guys and they're playing out of position. This is who I have playing these positions. Now it's up to us to try and make those guys better for four quarters because there's no problem with the actual scheme that we're playing. Right, and that that is Mike. Why they call him Big Play Penix, as we all know, because he is known for his big plays. So you got to be careful around Big Play Penix. But all I'm saying when it comes to this, he'll explode game, on you. I, well, it's an explosive offense. That's what they're saying. That's what the pundits are saying, Mike. Uh, all I know is this defense doing that against Clemson, doing that against Notre Dame, doing that against Alabama, doing that against, quite honestly, you know, a few of the other offenses in college football that are a little concerning too. I don't think the Buckeyes will see them if in the playoffs. If they do it against Notre Dame, then there's, there's problems. I right. feel more comfortable with them doing it against Indiana than I do Notre Dame. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm saying, like, I... <laughs> if Ian Book's thrown for 500 yards on you, then pack it in. Okay, but I'm just saying, we would have said the same thing prior to this game, would we not, that Michael Penix is going to throw for 500 yards on you? He's a good quarterback. Their offense is good. I wouldn't have said that that's definitely something you could just live with prior to this game. The way it turned out, though, yeah, there were some big plays that definitely didn't go your way. Buckeyes found one as well and turned it into a touchdown. That was... A, that was excellent. You needed that touchdown there, but yeah, I would hope that they can get this fixed because I don't, I don't think it's a talent issue, and I don't think it's something that uh, is likely to continue. I just think that right now, with all the practice they've had, with the weirdness that they've had, maybe maybe it's just not getting the game reps that you need. You know, if you think about what the third or fourth game of the year normally looks like, there's usually a couple games somewhere along, like by game nine or ten where you see a team get exposed, right? You see Ohio State, it happens almost every year. So that's why I'm not as concerned about it. I would be more concerned about it if we see this in a couple weeks still. Because I'm 12 years old, please indulge me in this little thing that's in my mind right now. So I've, okay. we, we've had this discussion before where my favorite starting pitching matchup of all time was Fister versus Furbush. That was a real starting pitching matchup probably about five, six years ago, that we talked about on the air. I love that. What if you had Michael Penix on one side of things and you had C.J. Beathard on the other side of things? Mm. And it that would was be a little the Penix-Beathard battle. <laughs> that could be a thing. Could be a uh, be quite the game. I wonder how that would turn out. For well, my, they'd have to be you know professionals at this point because C.J. Beathard's playing in the league, but... That would be quite a thing for my for you my know, imagination. It's, it's something it's something that could definitely happen in the NFL in coming years. I mean, Michael Penix Jr. may end up being some kind of NFL prospect. I don't know. At some level, maybe not like as a, a high draft pick, but someone who gets in, makes it onto a practice squad or, or stays, you know, as a backup quarterback and eventually gets a shot. Who knows? If, if PJ Harvey, whatever the hell his name is, is yeah. starting games in the National Football League, Michael Penix Jr. can do so too. Yeah, that's that's probably fair, but yeah, I, all I know is this: the the Buckeyes cannot sustain this type of defense for the long haul this no. season. That's clearly not going to happen, though. I don't, I don't foresee that happening under Ryan Day. You know what else can happen? What's Justin that? Fields throwing three picks, and this team expects to win many more football games. Here is Ryan Day talking about the interceptions. Is his worst critic? Uh, he's really hard on himself, and um, and that's what makes him great. You know, he's very very competitive and. I would just talked about in some of those situations, not forcing the action, not trying to do too much with it. And uh, in a game like that, uh, we knew that there was going to be big plays. But we also knew that they were going to get home on some things. And uh, you can't make bad play wor- bad plays worse. And and that did happen a little bit in the game. And, and he knows it. And um, certainly could have done a better job in protection. C- certainly could have put him into some better some better spots coaching wise. Um, and then he also could have made some some better decisions just throwing the ball away and ditching it. But that that's hard. You know, he's so competitive, and then he also made a bunch of plays with his feet as well. And so that, that's hard for him to let go sometimes, but but that's part of playing quarterback. And, uh, and I know that he's looking to get better in that area. That's the thing about, you know, Justin Fields is that you don't want to feel like he's stifled. You don't want him to feel like he he can't try and make something magical happen because we've seen success too many times. But there's that fine line between trying to make something out of nothing and having success and just not accepting when the play is over and compounding your issue. Yeah, I think in some ways 
well, not in some ways. It's just the reality. When you have a, a quarterback like Justin Fields who's good enough that he can a lot of times make plays that very few other guys in college football can make, I think that is where you see a difficulty where most players would be encouraged get rid of the football. And most players, it would be the right decision for them to get rid of the football. But if Justin Fields, uh, you know, meter on that in, you know, in his brain was set to like the, the normal meter for a Normish college quarterback, normal college quarterback to say, when I'm in this situation, I got to throw it away. You'd miss out on a lot of his big plays. You'd miss out on some of the good things he is able to do. It's just finding that and calibrating it in his head to say, all right, I can do a lot of things that other guys can't, but I can't make every play. And, and knowing where that line is, is going to be a difficult thing for him to continue to learn, but uh, he'll have plenty of opportunities here for the next few weeks. Buckeyes and Illinois, Saturday at noon, right here on The Fan. We had news today that several Jackets players have tested positive for Corona, so their facilities, I guess, closed last week, but we never really heard about it. But now we've heard that they've had some issues, that Vegas has had some issues, and so they've closed up shop as well. You know, we always talk about how this stuff mirrors society, right? I guess it shouldn't be a coincidence that... You know, Jackets are in Franklin County. Franklin County's a purple county. Lots of problems locally here. And that's no different with members of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, it's it's not a surprise to see it. It is just uh, a good reminder, right, that you would think that the Blue Jackets, they're following every protocol. They're doing everything they can. Uh, and yet, if if even one person isn't just as careful as you can be, uh, it can cause that to go through your organization. So, yeah, this is this is why they have such strict protocols, and they're trying to do all these things that they can. But yeah, it's it's a good reminder that even as as much as you want to try to do with that, you have got to take all the precautions you can. I mean, and if you're able to stay home, especially you know through this holiday and stuff, if you can do it, please do. I mean, it's we're trying to help everybody here, so hopefully that people will take that message to heart. And in case you're asking yourself, hey, did I did I miss when they announced when the season was going to start? No, you didn't miss no, it. No, we still no. have no idea when the season's going to start. We keep hearing about this January 1st date, but you know, as that date comes closer, it looks ridiculous, but and we still don't know what the divisional matchup or you know, what well, the conferences are going to look like because that's, to me the biggest part of this is you've got a Canadian division most likely forming because there's nothing that seems imminent that's going to change between the u.s and canada when it comes to people traveling between those two countries and the quarantine rules that exist so right i don't know i mean obviously the raptors know this that's why they're going to play uh in in tampa this year i mean it, it, yeah teams are going to have to make do and figure this out and I, they're not going to move all the canadian teams down here and find you know, hockey arenas for them. They're going to probably put them all in Canada and have them play in a central location or, or at least play just each other in, in only that division. The college football playoff selection committee has released a Q and a for your enjoyment details. Next common man and T-bone on the fan fan traffic from the Logan AC and heat services traffic center. Good afternoon. You'll find an earlier accident has cleared from the roadway of 71 southbound before 17th Avenue, but traffic is still slow as it recovers in that area. And an accident still causing delays on I-70 downtown split westbound before the 71-315 west split. Plan on some backups as traffic continues to build. This traffic report is sponsored by BP. A Columbus, fill your tank with Amico Ultimate with Invigorate and keep on going. Amico Ultimate with Invigorate at BP and Amico stations. Only an array with fan traffic. Get in touch with your stupid. If worms had machine guns, then birds wouldn't be scared of them. This is Common Man and T-Bone. 
Don't forget Buckeye basketball makes its return tomorrow. In theory, if they decide to play this game, if there are no more or no positive virus tests, not no more positive virus tests, it's Illinois State and it's Ohio State. Coverage starts 1 o'clock tomorrow. Tip is at 2. Tip? And then this show comes on after the game is over. Or if there is no game, which is always a possibility, once they get the virus test back tomorrow morning, regular time. And forget I said anything. The College Football Playoff Selection Committee is releasing their first rankings tonight at 7. And I saw yesterday on their website they released a little Q&A section. Uh, Here's a question. By the way, they're just asking themselves these questions. Okay. Oh, good. Uh, it's not like oh, Pete in Oklahoma wonders. Just no, they've just they're asking themselves these questions and answering these questions. How will the first selection committee ranking consider the disparity in the number of games between top teams? By November twenty fourth, Clemson, for example, is scheduled to have played nine games, while Oregon is scheduled to have played three. How are you taking this into consideration? Answer. There is no minimum game requirement to be eligible for the college football playoff, which we knew. And by the way, it goes on to other things, but say other things, but who the hell cares? Which we knew, but it's nice to actually see in print. And and you and I talk about this every single year. It It shouldn't be about how many games this team's played or have they reached the meat of their schedule or whatever it is. You have a committee of people hopefully getting together and deciding who they think the four best teams are in college football. It should be as as simple as that. Yeah, I I don't disagree. And I think you can measure that in different ways. Like I know we as fans for the Buckeyes, especially we look to all the things that Ohio state has in their favor. And we think those should matter a little bit more. I obviously understand that the college football playoff selection committee has to value the whole picture and look at it a little differently, but I don't think it's wrong of them to look at a situation, especially in 2020 and say, we think that this team is one of the four best. We don't care that they don't play as many games as some of the other teams. And we don't care that maybe they have uh, a little bit closer margin than we typically would like. We think this is the best team. We've watched all these games. We have paid attention. Now, I hope they're not coming into this looking at brand names and just deciding that's who to pick just because it benefits Ohio State if they do that. But I tend to believe most of the people in the College Football Playoff Selection Committee actually spend a decent amount of time watching all these games, or at least the ones that affect like the top 12 or 15 teams, I would hope they're really familiar with those rosters and with what those teams do well, what they do poorly. So, yeah, I, I tend to think that if Ohio State has seven games, then that'll be enough. Like, I don't I don't think they're going to be too mad about the fact that they haven't played as much as some of the other teams, if that, in fact, happens. I agree with you. Here's another question. How will the selection committee factor in conference-only schedules? How will you decide between top teams without interconference head-to-head competition or shared opponents? Their answer... The protocol for ranking the teams has not changed. The selection committee will continue to watch games, assess, or assess, I just like assess, every team, and use the available data. A lot of football has been played and remains to be played, even with mostly conference-only schedules. The selection committee will continue to use factors such as wins against top 25 teams, wins against teams with winning records, and their expertise to come together and select the best four teams week by week. That is fancy term for gut feeling on who is good. Well, expertise is the word that makes you 
very aware that that's what they're talking about, where they're saying, yeah, even if you don't agree with our decision, you have to remember we're experts and you're not. So that, <laughs> that gives them a broad little pathway there to say whichever team they want to go with, well, we did that even if you don't think that's the best decision because we're the experts and that's what we've come to. And if, if we've decided that, it's because we have looked at it more than you have and we're smarter than you. And by the way, they may not be wrong on that on, on many levels with many college football fans, but we're all still going to argue about it. It's not going to stop any of us from doing that. Question, will one conference have more margin of error than another? Will you weigh Pac-12 losses more than SEC losses? How will you decide between a 7-1 and team and a 3-0 and team? Answer, the committee ranks teams, not conferences. Well, that's not necessarily true, but more on, <laughs> that, on. More on that in a second. The more games played, the more chance a team has to prove itself to the committee. If the committee feels the 7-1 and team has more quality wins despite one loss, it will factor that into the rankings. If it feels the 3-0 and team's undefeated start is more impressive, it will factor that into the rankings. The protocol and the 13 members will continue to assess the teams and use what they've seen on the field week after week to rank the top 25 teams. Another way you could read that statement where they said we rank the teams and if, you know, these teams have more chances, if they put Ohio State, I don't think this is likely. In fact, I think it, it is more likely Ohio State is not in the top four than this happens. But if they were to say Ohio State's second, what does that tell you about what they think of all these other teams' resumes, right? Like the teams that have played seven or eight or nine games. They're, they're saying that Ohio State's like four games they've played are more impactful than the better, you know, longer schedule. It doesn't really matter to them. So I, I think that's unlikely they would put Ohio State second, but imagine how many people in like South Bend and in South Carolina and everywhere else will get all offended by that if in fact that happens because they've played way more games. I hope it does. I think that'd be hilarious, but I don't think that's likely to occur. A lot of the smart people think that it will. No, I I, I tend to agree with you that Ohio State's going to be third when these rankings come out at 7 o'clock, but I've seen more than a few people that should know better that have Ohio State at two. Yeah, well, I've seen I've seen some of the Vegas odds about that too, where that that's something that seems like is out there. So I, yeah, I'm I'm very surprised. I I would be I'd be surprised if that's how it goes down. But uh, stranger things have happened, I guess. I was talking about Buckeye basketball as we came back from break, and how they have the game against Illinois State scheduled for tomorrow. But because Chris Holtman came out and said, if there's one positive test, one positive test on our side or their side, we're not going to play the game. We do have an Ohio State cancellation. We do have an Ohio State basketball cancellation. However, it is women's basketball. This was announced about 20 minutes ago that they have canceled the game against Akron, scheduled for tomorrow night at 6. That game was going to be at the shot. Hmm. So that game is canceled for tomorrow. So they were going to piggyback off of men's basketball because they're playing at the shot tomorrow too, right, Teddy? I don't have yeah. my mind. Okay. Yeah, it's, right, it was so. just a doubleheader, and our uh, Matt Andrews was going to call both games. So he'll That's right. And they're, not, they're not saying exactly why. They just said because of virus uh, case. No. What was it, Teddy? They said why. They said that um, out of an abundance of caution and with the welfare of the student athletes in mind, the... Um, the Akron, it was done after Akron shared results from their most recent okay. testing. Okay, all right, all right. All right. So, that's, so that uh, game has been canceled for tomorrow. No word, no, Ohio State men's basketball has not been canceled, but women's basketball canceled for tomorrow. 
Right. And, and let's be clear. I mean, it, it's not a bad thing if Ohio State, you know, tries to do something out of the abundance of caution with the men's program or the women's program. That's certainly well within their rights. It, it can be frustrating as a fan, obviously. Those both things can be true, right? Where sure. we can, we can see them making a decision based on the health and welfare of the players. And then as fans, we go, yeah, but that sucks. I was planning on watching Buckeye basketball. So let's hope that's not the case for the men's team. Obviously, the women's team has already, uh, canceled that game, but, uh, fingers crossed the men's team will still be able to get theirs in. But of course, uh, keep it locked here to the fan for all the updates on that today and tomorrow. Rapid Fire is coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Still watching an accident on I-70 eastbound at Miller Avenue. This is an injury crash causing delays. Traffic has backed up to the 71 East split. Please use caution over here as they work to get the roadway clear. This traffic report is sponsored by Merrill. With Merrill Guided Investing, you have the option to work with an advisor at a low cost and minimum. Get started at MerrillEdge.com slash investing goals. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated, both a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor. Member SIPC. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Just a couple of guys touching rim and sucking on breath mints. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I would, no, no. This is Man and Bone. Hello. Rapid fire coming up in mere moments. Uh, tonight on The Fan, we have the Buckeye Show at 6. Two big hours of Tim Hall acting like an idiot. Then we have 8 o'clock tonight inside the crew. No Tim as- Hall. Oh, Timmy's not oh, no, on tonight. No, no, you got Matt Andrews and Choppers. Oh well, that's a that's a professional group right well, that's there. That's gonna be good. Yeah, I actually had an enjoyable show for once out of that instead of Timmy's craziness. So that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Who are we doing crosstalk with? Matt Andrews. That's a good question. <laughs> all right, we should have set that up. <laughs> a, lot of, huh? a lot of things we got to figure out. This is good. We'll get it sorted. We'll get it sorted. All right, all right. It's fine. Uh, so Buckeye Show, without Tim Hall, Maddie Andrews, and Chops coming up at 6 o'clock tonight, then inside the crew at 8. Right now, it's time for some rapid fire. Rapid, rapid fire. All right, Teddy, rapid fire number one. Garrett Wilson has four consecutive games with over 100 yards receiving. Well, he tied Chris Carter's school record of five consecutive games this week against Illinois. All right, here's the problem. It's very windy in Champaign. That was always the thing that we heard when the Buckeyes went to Champaign to play Illinois. The reason why they played like poo is because it was so windy, they just couldn't get the offense going. So is that the case again this week? Do they not? Are they not able to throw the football because it's too windy in Champaign? I'm going to say the wind holds off. Or Justin Fields simply doesn't care that it's windy. And yes, Garrett Wilson goes over 100 yards this week. Take it to the bank. Yeah, I'm going to say Garrett Wilson gets it done too. Gets his uh, fifth 100-yard receiving game. And that is just a staggering number to think about. But indeed, five consecutive games with 100 yards. I think he gets it done this weekend. Rapid fire number two. At this time tomorrow, the Buckeye Hoops game will be just wrapping up. And which Buckeye Hoops player are you most looking forward to watching this season? I want T-Bone to answer this question first because I bet you we have the same guy. Um, I, Okay, maybe. My guy is EJ Liddell. Yes, that's, that's guy. my guy. Yeah, I, I was super excited about him last year. I think he had his ups and downs, clearly, but... He, he's a talented player and I think has the most talent of anybody on this roster. So I want to see him find a next level. There, there are plenty of other good choices here. I'm, I'm excited to see all the guys playing. But yeah, the one guy I'll be paying t- attention to the most will be EJ Liddell. 
EJ Liddell is the guy, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that I think has the ability to be a difference maker in this conference. It would not shock me if you told me that EJ Liddell, by the time his Ohio State career was over, was a Big Ten Player of the Year. It also wouldn't shock me if you told me that EJ Liddell did not live up to his hype by the time his Buckeye career was over. It can go either way, and I think this year is a huge year for his development. Rapid fire number three. The Steelers are now 10-0 on the season. Will they finish undefeated? And if not, who's going to beat them? All right, my, my first inclination is to say no, they're not going to finish undefeated. But I don't have their schedule in front of me. Teddy, do you have um, it? I, I have their, okay, I have their schedule in front of, of, in front of me. Uh, they have sickly Baltimore this week if that game gets played. Then they play the football team in Washington. They play at Buffalo. They play at Cincinnati. They play the Colts at home and finish up with the Browns on January 3rd. All right, there's there's some losses that I can see in there. I can see them if they play this game on Thursday, even though Baltimore is dealing with virus issues. That's not any sort of gimme by any means. I can see them losing that Bills game. I can see them losing the, the Browns game. And I can see them losing that Colts game. Colts are good. So, no, I don't think they go undefeated. They'll lose one of those games. Um, I... <laughs> I think it would be very interesting if they got to week 17 sitting at 15 and 0 and they're playing the Browns. The Browns have everything, you know, with with playoffs on the line. That'd be a very interesting game. But uh, yeah, I I think the Steelers are going to lose a game. Wouldn't you love to take that from them? Oh my gosh, would, would I love to take love that it. from you them? Would of course. Chop off a testicle and put it on the altar of Satan to make One, that happen. Why wouldn't I take both of them? I'm done. I mean, I just need it for balance at this point. But other than that, yeah, take them. That's yeah, fine. You're 400 get, pounds, but your your ball get, is going to keep you get, balanced. I'll just get a prosthetic down there. That's fine. They can have them both. Why are you leaning over? Well, you know, I only got one ball down there. <laughs> <laughs> Throws exactly off the right. tides of my body. It does. It does. Absolutely right. Rapid fire number four. All right. The Ravens are currently 6-4 and four and outside of the playoffs. Well, they rally to make the playoffs this year. All right. Do you have the Ravens schedule handy? I do. I'm the schedule master here. So they have that Pittsburgh game theoretically on Thursday. Then it is home against the Cowboys, away to Cleveland, home against the Jags, home against the Giants, away to Cincinnati. Yes, they will rally. <laughs> they will get. I mean, think about it. If they get the four games that are for sure wins there, no offense, Ted, in Dallas, Jacksonville, Giants and Cincinnati. That alone puts them at ten wins. Yeah, they beat the Browns pretty handedly the last time that they played. It could come down to it. it. No, that's what we were talking about. That's uh, revenge yesterday. time. I'm telling right. you, Browns win that football game. They're going to have their white pants on, ready to go. Monday, December fourteenth, Monday night in Cleveland. That's going to be quite the uh, situation. That is that is that could be very big, especially if they play the Pittsburgh game and lose it, and then if Dallas gets frisky and surprises them. Then it could be a wheels falling off situation. I don't think that's likely, but yes, I do still think they will rally. I think 10 wins get you into the playoffs, so I think they've got 10 wins here, even with if you give them losses to Pittsburgh and even a loss to Cleveland, which I don't think is likely, then yes, they, they still, I think, get to the playoffs. Rapid fire number five. All right. What is your favorite thing about Thanksgiving Day? So, you know, it could be a dish or watching football, hanging out with your family. I know, Mikey, like that. Or maybe even watching the parade. What's your you know favorite what I thing? Think, I think I'm going to surprise you a little bit. As I've gotten older into adulthood, I love the food, obviously, because I can make it and make it how I want to make it. When I was a kid, that was not the case. But, you know, what? I found myself thinking about actually just yesterday I was talking to my daughter about 
my Thanksgivings when I was a kid, and I guess my favorite thing is sort of remembering that and having the memories of Thanksgiving and going to Aunt Jeannie and Uncle Nicky's house. By the way, Uncle Nicky pushing 100 and still alive. I don't wow. know if he knows what planet he's on, but he is still kicking. And we used to go by their house every single year, and my cousins would be there. And it was it was the, the stereotypical conversation where, like, my... My mother would tell my aunt about the the market that had the sausage on sale, and they would talk about where the sausage was the cheapest, and there'd be the football game on, and my grandfather would be swearing at us, and my my Aunt Jeannie would put liver in the stuffing every single year, even though I would just say, can you make just some without it? And she said no, and so I could never have the stuffing. And back in the day, the temperature guideline for cooking a turkey used to be 180. It's like 165 now, but it used to be 180. And if it used to be 180, my Aunt Jeannie would cook the turkey to about 225, I guarantee you, <laughs> where you were just chewing on a piece of shoe. But just having those family memories right now is probably my favorite thing about Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm similar in that way, but but it's a little different. My favorite thing about Thanksgiving now is one we won't get to do this year, but it's the thing I've found as a parent where I go to my parents' house and we have the meal and then settle in to sit down and watch some football and you know the the kitchen is cleaned up we've had our dessert and we're sitting down watching football and just stuff's happening around the house right all the kids are over and grandkids are running around my kids now are the grandkids and they're running around going crazy like they are usually at my house and I'm drifting off to the turkey nap to the after eating all the food nap in the recliner knowing full well that like oh it's okay the grandparents can they love this they're like they love dealing with the kids craziness for like an hour and so that feeling where you know like i'm falling asleep my kids are running around like banshees and i'm okay to fall asleep for like a half hour here and just doze off that little moment where you realize it's okay to fall asleep and let your kids go crazy that's a good feeling. So that only happens when you're like around the family and you've got other people there to kind of jump in and help out. So, yeah, we won't be doing that this year, but that's still a good memory. Some bad injury news for the Browns. Details coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You're going to find some delays on I-70 eastbound at Miller Avenue. Still watching an injury crash in that area. Traffic is backed up to the 71 east split. And you're going to find some stop-and-go traffic on 71 southbound between 5th Avenue and I-70. Tap those brakes. It's going to be delayed for quite some time. This traffic report is sponsored by Merrill. With Merrill Guided Investing, you have the option to work with an advisor at a low cost and minimum. Get started at MerrillEdge.com slash investing goals. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated, both a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Member SIPC. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. No college education and it shows. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, well, why not? Just go to wherever you get your audio. Search for Common Man and T-Bone. You will see our stupid cartoon faces pop up and just click subscribe and it comes right to your device. And do it for all the shows here on the fan that you like. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take up any more space on any of your apps or anything. It's just now you have all the shows, and if, if it turns out, like, how do you know? You don't have any idea if, like, next Thursday on Bishop and Lord and Itis, Bo Bishop just 
starts screaming F-bombs. Like, you don't Actually, know. there's a pretty good possibility of that every single day, because <laughs> right. drinky bow. <laughs> I'm just saying, you have no idea what's going to happen on any of these shows. And if you found out from your friends, it's like, oh, yeah, that happened. Look, we're not going to catch it. Like, it'll be months before we realize we left that up there and then try to take it down after you've already listened to it. So subscribe now. Even if you don't get to hear that show all the time, you'll always have access to it whenever you want to check in and see what's going on. And if there's some salacious rumor about something that happened on one of the shows, you can go listen to it right there. How great is that? Jinky Bo. Hey, some bad news for the Browns. Denzel Ward is going to miss multiple weeks, it looks uh, like, with a calf injury. He, that's leading to Drinky Bone because of yeah. the injuries of this defense. That's not good. He uh, he went to the coaches yesterday and said, hey, guys, this doesn't feel right. And they took him for an MRI, and I guess... You know, it's, it's, they think it's a multiple week issue at this point. So that's definitely not the news you want to hear. You're right, Bone. The injury's stacking up. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think that it's a deal breaker for this defense, but as we have kind of talked about all year, I think this defense has played better than the sum of its parts so far. And that helps because you have guys like Miles Garrett, who obviously is in the shelf right now because of COVID, but, Denzel Ward's another reason why this team, I think, has overperformed where I thought it would be. Uh, they are playing some bad offenses too, so that certainly helps. But you just you're going to need to have a a really solid defense as you get down in the stretch here because pressure's going to build, expectations are high. Yes, there's still some bad teams on this schedule, but the Browns, even though they've beaten the bad teams, they've not shown themselves to be like an elite group that just can weather any type of absence from star players. So this is a pretty significant development for the Browns defense, and I'm very concerned about what it means in the games that they have where they play some of the better offenses. That is a, a certainly a big concern for me. Teddy, here's some Reds, Reds news for you. Uh, Ken Rosenthal reporting that the Reds are open to trading Sonny Gray. Now, Sonny Gray uh, has been good since joining the Reds. He is under team control for the next three seasons, going to make 10 mil in 2021, 10 mil in 2022, and there's a $12 million club option in 23, and that's a, that's a nice bargain rate at this point when it comes to starting pitching in Major League Baseball. The thought process is there's not a ton of starting pitching on the market and maybe the Reds can get themselves a nice little package in return and maybe find a shortstop for themselves, boost up that offense a little bit, which we, of course, need, know needs a boost. The problem with this is, is that, yes, he, you don't want to lose a guy like Sonny Gray if you don't have to, but Trevor Bauer is also hitting that market. So he's probably going to be gone, even though he hasn't ruled out a return to the Reds. I can't see them ponying up the cash it's going to take to keep Trevor Bauer. And so are you really willing, even though you could use some offensive upgrades, to part with two members of your starting rotation this offseason? No, I, I think that's ridiculous. I mean, I get the fact that, hey, let's... You know, put his name out there and see if there's some enormous crazy package that you could get. But as you mentioned, 
it's a reasonable deal, and you have him for a few more years, and you know this guy is really a, like a top ten Cy Young guy every year. He's got that ability, and why would you do that? He is a number one guy for your team, and you're losing Bauer. I think it's ridiculous that you would just you know trade him away. Why, I, I why, tend I, to, I tend to agree with you. Why would you do that? The answer is because you need help elsewhere. That's why you would do that, and I guess you don't. You don't feel like there's the, the right guys in the offseason on the free agent market that can help you in that area. But I, I'm with you. I would not tinker with a guy like Sonny Gray, especially knowing that Trevor Bauer is gone. Now, if Trevor Bauer was staying, then that's a different story. Then maybe I have that conversation. But I can't take two of my most important starting rotation pieces and throw them out this offseason. If I'm a contending team, which the Reds, of course, fancy themselves a contending team, I can't make that happen. Yeah, I acknowledge, though, that the reality is sometimes if you're a team like the Reds, the only way you're going to air quotes, get better or get more talent in is to make deals. You do have to probably operate more in the trade than you do in free agency. That said, I don't know that the replacements you get for a Sonny Gray, even if you get multiple you know, players, which you obviously would hope you would, I don't know that any of those guys would sum up to an addition that would be better than what you just already have with him, right? I don't know, like, I'm not talking just about in war. I'm just talking about confidence level for the team, knowing that when he goes out there, you got a really good chance to win every single time he takes the mound. That's, I know that's not you ideal meant, for but me. You, I was thinking war. What are we talking about here? We're talking about, like, Sonny Gray. I know, but I thought you meant, like, Sonny Gray going to battle. <laughs> Like what? If, yes, he's a warrior. He's, he's yes, that's right. I just picture him marching. No, with no, his no. musket. No. Sunny Gray, really that's good right. for the first five innings of war, and then <laughs> throws too many pitches. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. We gotta we gotta be careful with that. But I think that's the that's the proper nomenclature. Wins above replacement. It is. It no, work. you're right. I'm not. It's just where my mind went. Of oh, course, I, I know you. what you're talking about in a baseball term, but. You know, it's like when people talk about, oh, this guy's a pro bowler. It's like, oh, he's a pro bowler. <laughs> really? One of my favorite moments on the show is when you had your pro bowler moment. I love it. It's the dyslexic mind, my friend. That's what I, that's what I blame it on. It's just stupidity, but it's, I just blame it on my dyslexia. That's all right. We're all stupid here. That's, that's why we're here. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown. Coming up, Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heath Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You'll find an earlier accident has cleared from the roadway of East Livingston Avenue at Miller Avenue. All lanes are now open in that area. The traffic is still slow as it recovers. Plan on delays for at least another 10 minutes. This traffic report is sponsored by Merrill. When questions find you, Merrill Edge self-directed investing as personalized tools and insights to help you find answers. Get started at MerrillEdge.com slash within reach. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated registered broker-dealer. Members SIPC. Only an array with fan traffic. Your undisputed leader in talking about nothing. This is Man and Bone. Happy Tuesday. I just saw a headline saying that Yasiel Puig is looking to return to the majors in 2021. And I had forgotten that he did not play in 2020 in Major League Baseball. But that's not without a little bit of a humorous story where... The Atlanta Braves needed themselves an outfielder because Nick Markakis decided he didn't want to play this season, did not feel comfortable playing this season. So he opted out of the season. 
they go out and they sign Yasiel Puig. I mean, it was done. They signed him. It was finished. And then Yasiel Puig tests positive for coronavirus. And the Braves said, oops, just kidding. We're not going to sign you. Right. And so he, he, he didn't get any money. He didn't play for the Braves. And then eventually Nick Markakis opted back into the season and, you know, played a significant role on their playoff team. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's not ideal, right, for Yasiel Puig. That's a, a pretty bad sign where, yes, it, we didn't know as much about coronavirus as we do now, but still, like, you get a diagnosis, and they're just like, yeah, never mind, we don't need you. But <laughs> Sorry, we, we have no desire to have you be a part of this team. That's, uh, that's not exactly encouraging for your pro prospects going forward. Uh, rundown, let's do it, Teddy. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Boren Brothers Waste Services, the real local trash company. Boren Brothers, taking out the trash. Mongo, is that you? Is that... Wow. Is that uh, my guy Mongo back there? Wow. (laughs) That's a big one. That's a tough one. He's not even talking to me, so you know he's really upset. Oh, yeah, of course. He's probably like, oh, man, you have no idea. I just burst into flames. Equipment just burst into flames here. That's I'm trying okay. to put it out. He's mother effing you behind the scenes. He's not he actually going to do it in your ear. That's fine. Uh, Rams beat the Bucks last night. 99 pass attempts between the two teams. The Rams have seven wins. The Bucks are sort of there. They 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 beat good teams. Then they come out. Then Tom Brady looks like poo. Last night, Antonio Brown was his main target. I don't know if you're going to win a ton of games if that's going to be the case where the guy that you signed three weeks ago is now your number one option throwing the football. But whatever, let him live. You had a ton of pass attempts in this game. And I still don't know at this point in the season if either of these teams, the Rams or the Buccaneers, are any good. No, I, I, I tend to agree with you that it's it's hard to get a read on how good these teams are, especially in the NFC. But the thing I will say in the Rams' favor is – they have got some momentum on their side, and this is a team that has, you know, largely most of the people on this team, most of the players on this team have been there. They were there a couple years ago, got to the Super Bowl. So the the success that they tasted is not going to be new if they get back in that position again. Um, they were on a, they've been on a roller coaster ride, you know, going from Super Bowl to almost forgotten about last year to now suddenly sitting very good in the playoff standings and having a, a good chance of being one of the better teams in the NFC. I'm with you that I think some of their record is a little bit tough to believe, but you also can't deny the fact that as these games continue to pile up and you continue to pile up wins, momentum gets on your side. Confidence comes back. And like I said, a lot of these guys have been there and done that and and have reason to believe in themselves. So I would just say keep an eye on the Rams, that, that some of this may be not for real right now, but it can continue to be real as it moves forward. I think, yeah, they can they can kind of will themselves into being a little bit more of a contender than I think they are right now. The first college football playoff rankings will be released tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, depending on who you believe, it's going to be Alabama number one. That's not in dispute. Some people believe Ohio State will be number two. Some people believe that Notre Dame will be number two. And who, it doesn't matter at this point, obviously, but just for bragging purposes, because whoever's not number two will be number three, and then Clemson will be number four. 
Yeah, I tend to think it's the way it's going to end up. And like we've said, it doesn't really matter this time around where they are. It's it's interesting. It's I'll be curious to see their logic behind where they put all these teams. But what matters is where these teams are in a month from now. Getting an idea of what the committee is thinking, I think, is the most instructive thing you get out of this. Like, I don't think this is likely, right? But what if they were to move Ohio State out of the top four? Again, that would make no that's sense. Not, that's they're, not going to happen. Right, they're undefeated. But I'm saying if they were to do that, then we would suddenly understand, okay, there's there's something going on with their logic that we did not anticipate. That's not likely. I'm just giving an extreme example. So where they put these teams gives us a good starting point to understand where they where we think they're going to go. But again, it's this college football playoff committee they have shown us for years. You'll watch these these ratings. You'll or these uh, these rankings rather. They'll get a bunch of ratings. Everybody will tune in, get all worked up, and say, "Okay, this is what the committee values. This is what they don't value." And then the final week comes, and they put in the teams they want to put in, regardless right. of what they said two weeks ago. So take it all with a grain of salt tonight, and realize that's what we're dealing with. Yes, you will get college football playoff rankings now every single Tuesday night, and then the selection show will come your way on December twentieth. I asked you earlier in the show, you know, if you had to put money down on it, would you bet on the fact that December 20th is still going to be the date that we're going to see it? Or do you think we see too many postponements and cancellations and they feel the need to push it back? Yeah, I think they're going to stay put. I think too many teams now have have a solid enough resume that they're going to feel like they've got enough data on teams like Clemson and Notre Dame and Alabama to make some decisions. If, if let's say tomorrow all those games got canceled for the rest of the year, I think they would still say, all right, we've got enough info here to make some calls. As far as the Big Ten goes, the only thing I think pushes back the, the conference selection is if Ohio State and let's say Northwestern had a bunch of cancellations and multiple games going forward got stopped. Then I think they're, they, they might say, all right, the Big Ten's going to try to play two more weeks we're going to give them an opportunity to do that. Or we're going to give them an opportunity to schedule a championship game between Northwestern and Ohio State just to let that happen, and then we'll make our call. But outside of something catastrophic like that, no, I think they'll stay on time and be good to go. Ravens canceled practice today after more positive tests. They're supposed to play the Steelers on Thursday night. I say supposed to because, you know, it's Tuesday and they're not practicing. We do know they have several positive tests, including pretty much the entire running back room. So you're, you're a Ravens fan. You're sort of in free fall right now. Your team is not playing good football. You're going up against an undefeated Stiller team who can clinch a playoff spot, by the way, this, this week. Clinch the division, right? Not just a playoff spot. Um, I think they can clinch a playoff spot. I don't think they could yet clinch the no, division. No, they can't, they can't clinch the division. Right. Although it would be pretty much done if they the can Steelers elimin- what win they, this game. What they can do is eliminate the Ravens from getting the division. Like they could say, they could, it, the Browns could still catch them for the division technically, okay. but the Ravens could be eliminated from winning the division, not eliminated from the playoffs. R- regardless. Is this a game that you actually want to play if you're a Raven fan? Or do you hope this thing gets pushed to that week 18 that we think we're going to see? Because you're not going to have your best foot going into this game. You're not going to have significant talent pieces going into this game against the Steelers on Thursday night. No, I, I, I think any Ravens fan who says they would want to play this game right now, let's just show up and let's see what happens. That I think you're either lying or you just don't understand the reality of what can go on here. When all these players and coaches say that stuff of like, I want to play, I don't care, injuries are not an excuse. You show up, next man up, we just get the job done. They say that in years where you don't have a real option. 
what would you do if you didn't if you had all these injuries? You're not going to cancel the game usually under most circumstances. But this year in the NFL, yeah, we actually have quite a few uh games that have been moved and postponed because of the fact that there's this big pandemic going on. If that's an option to get this game moved and if you know, you're starting running backs or everybody in your running back room basically is is on the covid list right now. You're not playing well. If this gets pushed back for a few weeks, that's not the end of the world. Maybe that gets you healthy. Maybe it allows you to get some momentum going again. And maybe you put a better foot forward against this Steelers team. Yeah, I, I think any Ravens fan who says they would absolutely like to play on a short week with a lot of COVID issues, they're having virtual meetings right now, that is not ideal for your team going into one of the biggest games of the year. So sure, push it back if I'm a Ravens fan. No, as, as a Ravens fan, I wouldn't want to play the game. It's just a guy who doesn't have a dog in this fight either way. Jimmy Crack Corn. I yeah. want to see I want to see a football game on Thanksgiving night because our selection of games on Thursday not going to be fantastic with the Titans and the Lions who the hell cares and then you have the Cowboys in Washington as gross as that's going to be that's a huge game in the NFC East. That doesn't mean it's going to be fun to watch. That doesn't mean that it's going to be entertaining in any way. But I guess from a standings perspective, it does matter. But I think we all sort of had that Steeler-Ravens game circled as the marquee matchup on Thursday night. Yeah, it's and it is as far as what those teams should potentially be. What the Ravens are right now is not playing like a good football team at all. Oddly enough, the most competitive game of the day and the one that has the most implications simultaneously for the playoffs is one that involves two teams that are way below 500 in the yes. uh, Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. That, that might actually end up being the better game on Thanksgiving Day. We learned today several Jackets players have tested positive for corona, so their facilities were closed last week and they remain closed the well, Vegas Gold I, I Knights also having some issues. What's the update? The little update on just this week is that the the facilities were supposed to be closed this week anyway for Thanksgiving. So they so they are closed, but at least last week's closure was due to COVID. Okay, it may, they may still have stayed closed even if Thanksgiving wasn't happening. But this week they were actually not supposed to be there. So just to clarify that a little bit. And in case you're asking yourself, hey, did I miss it? Did I miss when they announced the start of the season or what the hell the season's going to look like? No, you haven't missed anything. <laughs> they have no start date. We have no idea what the alignment's going to look like in this in this game this year. They will start at some point. When that's going to be, who the hell knows? I, uh, I will, just one thing ahead. on that. I mean, you look at the two winter sports that predominantly are played, obviously, in the winter with the NBA and NHL. We know the date that the NBA is starting. We heard all the different arguings and discussions that were going on about, well, some of the players may not want to show up early and play on Christmas Day. It's a short off season. You know, how are they going to get all these games in, et cetera? Like the NBA has figured that out for the most part and they've got their schedule. We know they're playing Christmas Day and they're coming back. I mean, it's, 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 uh, just about a month away from the start of the NBA season. We know all the details there. The NHL, like you said, has given us very little detail and not a lot of info. Well, I, I think and, it has to do with the the Canadian issue, the crossing borders and oh, trying to realign does. things. And but then again, last week they're talking about cracking open the CBA again. That's the what I'm CBA saying. The CBA that they just signed four months ago, and they're going back to the players saying, "Ah, oh, can we please have some more money?" And the players, rightfully so, in my opinion, are saying, "Dude, we just did this. We just signed a new CBA in the middle of a pandemic." So it's not like we're fleecing you here and you you didn't plan accordingly and now you want more money from us. Go to hell. I think it's fair to say and, and still a lot to be written in this book, right, about how all these commissioners have handled uh, this pandemic and their response to it. But 
it's fair to say the NBA and, and Adam Silver have handled it about as well as anyone, right? I would say Rob Manfred has handled it terribly. Gary Bettman has he handled it fine the first part, right? Getting all the games in, getting the playoffs in, all that stuff was really good, but this is not looking good for the NHL right now. Not that they won't play these games, but the uncertainty around that is not fair to NHL fans. I mean, Jackets fans are sitting here wanting to know what what you're going to get. When are you going to at least get to watch your team play again, let alone when do we get to go back and watch them play it nationwide? That's a whole other issue. But the NHL is providing you little to no updates in that regard. Meanwhile, if we had an NBA team here or any NBA fans that exist, you're you're already like gearing up for the season. It's right. just, all right, it's coming in a little bit. we got a little time here. Watch some NFL, and then the NBA is going to be here before you know it. And I can't believe that that's so disparate between those two leagues, given that they have the same calendar. It's It's very weird. Quickly, uh, Buckeyes get themselves another big-time commitment. 2022 class, five-star wide receiver Caleb Burton from Texas. He is the number 15 overall player in the 2022 class, the number two receiver in the class. This is piggybacking off of getting the five-star quarterback from Texas last week, Quinn Ewers. He is the number two overall player in the 2022 class, number one quarterback. Uh, this is another Brian Hartline commit. And this coaching staff, led by Ryan Day, just c- continues to recruit the hell out of this country. And we're used to seeing excellent recruiting classes at Ohio State. What we have here, what they're managing to do now with recruiting is something we've never seen before. It's a new stratosphere no. of recruiting. Yeah, just one other way to look at that. There are you know, the top 50 recruits. Ten of them right now are committed to schools. Of the top 50, five of those 10 are committed to Ohio State. Unbelievable. (laughs) That's that's how ridiculous it's been so far for the 2022 class. Wrap it up, Teddy. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Boren Brothers Waste Services, the real local trash company. Boren Brothers, taking out the trash. Wish you had football in the morning on a work day? Well, your dream is about to come true. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Still watching an accident on I-70 eastbound at Miller Avenue. This is an accident involving an injury. Traffic is still backed up from the 71 East split in this area. Plan on some heavy slowdowns as they work to get the roadway clear. This traffic report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by a local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. Only an array with fan traffic. Did you feel that? It's your radio getting fatter. Getting fatter. Chubby time! This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Tuesday, dummies. Hey, you know, uh, today was the big ceremony at the White House where the president pardoned a turkey. Mm-hmm. And this year, the turkey's name was Corn, <laughs> C-O-R-N, not the, not the band. Okay. No, I think it was. I think he pardoned the band Corn. <laughs> I mean, we can have a discussion about whether these things should still exist because I think it's just stupid. But my favorite quote of the day was from the president at the oh? ceremony where he said, Thanksgiving is a very special day for turkeys. Not a very good one when you think about it. He's right. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's it a is very special. special. Day. Yes. Never... Any day that mm. someone's going to carve into your body and eat you <laughs> is a special day. It's it special. doesn't necessarily mean it's a good day. Right. Uh, uh, I guess 
in that way, like sending someone to the electric chair would be a special day for them. It just may not be a good day. Exactly. It is a special day for them because how many times in your life do you get sent to the electric chair? How many times in your life do you get cooked and served on a table for people to eat? Mm -hmm. If you were on my Thanksgiving table bone, that would be a special day. Because I would eat you, and that would be special, but it would not be a good day for you personally. If you did that, I would request that I am ass up, face down, apple in my mouth. Let's go. You want the show, you get the show. That's all I'm saying. Don't serve me like on a like a pig on a spit. I don't want any of that. I want to be served like a turkey. That's how I would be served. That's how I'm going to serve you. And I would. I'm not putting you ass up. I'm putting you (laughs) Michael Penix Jr. up. Do what you got. Save the neck for me, Clark. It's your tradition, Nob. I, how dare I tell you what to do with your family and your traditions, Mike? I wouldn't want to do that. I would what never presuppose. What would be presuppose. the equivalent of your wishbone, by the way? What would we have to pull? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know where the wishbone is on the bone. I got Let's the long end. <laughs> is that good luck or bad luck? I don't know. They're like, wait, where is the long end? We don't have a long end on this one. There's no long end on the wishbone. Where did you find this guy? Look how big he is. That's what people say was like, you got the 24-pound turkey. Where'd you find this thing? Yeah, right. Well, you, you can, you can find out. I, I eat the same diet as those turkeys. So it's just, yeah, I am corn fed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. That's right. Hey, if you, if you're dreaming about football on a weekday in the morning, well, guess what? You now live you in have it. California? No, I don't know. No, oh, okay. no. We usually don't get it on a weekday though. Oh, weekday in the morning. Well, you're right. That's fair. Yeah. On a work day, unless it's some sort of holiday. But Western Kentucky and Charlotte, they were supposed to play this weekend. They won't. They have rescheduled the game for Tuesday, December 1st at 10.30 in the morning. The game will be televised live on CBS Sports Network because, you know, the president of CBS Sports Network released a statement saying, hell, what do we have to show? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing Nothing. is the Uh, answer. No, you don't have anything there. That's well, you know, I take that back. They got the Champions League, but other than that, yeah, they don't have a Not lot. Not on going CBS on. Sports Network, right? Yeah, no, no, they they. Oh, I thought they put that on Big Boy CBS. Well, I mean, the Champions League games were going on today. They're not putting it on Big Boy CBS today. They got they're gonna bump Doctor Phil. Come on, they can't get rid- yeah, bump that, bump <laughs> no, Guiding Light, whatever the hell's on they're, CBS. They're not bumping that. There's no way they're doing that. Which I, I will say, by the way, speaking of the Champions League, there was a big moment today for U.S. soccer fans in the Champions League, Mike. Because we're all I'm hoping. Sorry, right? I brought they, it up. Well, why? Why are you sorry about? Uh, it? Uh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Because well, you want to see this. In in my mind, you're going to talk about like um, really what happened was Johnny McNamara, T Bone, mm, right. Michael Penix Jr. had good. a whirly durly kick that you've never seen before. No, no. What's the no. big moment? Tell me. Okay, are you aware of Barcelona? That's a big team, right? Yes. Barcelona's yes. huge team. That's where Lionel Messi plays his soccer. Okay, okay. Uh, they have they have never had an American score a goal for Barcelona, but there's a guy named Sergino Dest. He's 20 years old. He's awesome, and he's playing for the U.S. men's national team when he's not playing for Barcelona. He's American? He scored. Yeah, he's American. He's playing for Barcelona. He's starting for them, and he scored a goal today in Champions League for Barcelona. It was the first time an American scored a goal 
for Barcelona. And then later in that game, Conrad De La Fuente, my guy, who's 19, who's also American, who's also playing for Barcelona, made his first team debut. So they had two Americans of the 11 on the field in a Champions League game were from the U.S. men's national team, and neither of them are old enough to drink. That's what I'm telling you. Two names again? Sergino Dest. My guy. And Conrad De La Fuente. Conrad Conrad De La Fuente. Yeah. Could be my favorite new name in sports. Hey, that's my guy. So I'm just telling you, man, Barcelona, U.S. men's national team, get prepared. This, they got some good things cooking is what I'm telling you right now. There were, there's, there's some talented players on that roster. I don't know if they can put it all together, but by far the most talent I have seen for the U.S. soccer program in a long time is what they have right now. So World Cup all in right, 2026. I'm excited. World Cup coming in 2022. I'm getting more excited about that. Hopefully, they'll be very good. So if you are a degenerate gambler or you just can't live without football, December 1st, 10.30 a.m. on CBS Sports Network. Bone, you know I'm a big believer in signs. You know, oh, I always look okay. at... I'm, I'm big in astrology. I go see psychic mediums all the time. None of these things are true. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, for 2020, start believing in signs. And we just got a sign yesterday. We got we a sign that the future is bright, and it's all because of us and our prediction. Okay? That's a mysterious tease for you, and I guarantee it's not going to live up to the hype. But come on back on the other side of the break (laughs) and figure out what the hell I'm talking about. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Some slowdowns to watch out for on the roads. You'll find a pocket of slow traffic on I-70 downtown split eastbound between the 71-315 west split and the 71 east split. And more delays on 71 southbound between 670 and I-70 plan about a five-minute delay. This traffic report is sponsored by Merrill. When questions find you, Merrill Edge Self-Directed Investing has personalized tools and insights to help you find answers. Get started at MerrillEdge.com slash within reach. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated. Registered broker dealer. Members SIPC. Only an array with fan traffic. Come for the obesity, stay for the anger. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Tuesday. So, back in the early days of the pandemic, we were jonesing for any sort of sports because at that time... The NCAA tournament had been canceled and the NBA had stopped and the NHL hadn't started up things yet. And Major League Baseball was in a holding pattern and we were looking for anything. And then Korean baseball came to our rescue. That's right. And it was, I think, the day before Korean baseball's opening day and they were going to have some games on the S Pen. We decided to pick a team to call our own. We decided to pick a team to root for, to follow. And let's not pay any attention to the fact that after two weeks we completely lost interest and stopped giving you <laughs> updates. That has nothing to do with the story I'm about to tell. Mm-hmm. The, the, the team that we picked, NC Dinos, went on to win the Korean World Series. And I got to tell you, because you know I'm Mr. Glass Half Full, I think this is the, the symbol, the sign of the new year to come, that we're going to start off on the right foot because NC Dinos won the Korean Baseball World Series. Wow, I sounded like String Bean saying it that way. And that's going to be, that's gonna be a, a foot. I don't know what I'm going to say. You know, <laughs> <laughs> gonna, what? It's going to be a foot. 
What are you talking about? What's <laughs> happening here? What have you done? What are you trying to do? Anything what I'm trying to say is we picked the right Korean baseball team, and somehow that means 2021 is going to be A-OK. That's what that I'm it? trying to say. I'm saying it poorly. Uh, I like that. So it's very interesting because in America, we obviously call our championship for our baseball teams the World Series. And I like how in Korea, they have just said like, yeah, we get it. We know they're not the world champions because they call this the Korean series. They don't call it like the Korean championship of world baseball. Like they don't, they don't dress it up. They're like, this is the best team in Korea. What do you want? That's that's who that's who we're talking about. We're right. not trying to tell you. That's it's what the they world said when they unveiled the trophy as well. It's like we just want you to know. Don't take yourself too seriously. Stop celebrating. You're just the best team in Korea. Thank you. <laughs> well, have you seen the trophy? No, I, I haven't seen it. Teddy, I could be wrong, but I swear I saw a picture of it that involves a sword. I need, like, I need to go fact check that. Now, yes, but it I'm, is a gigantic sword. <laughs> which, why do we not have more weapon trophies? That's what I want to know. Like, why have we not done that? Why can you not have, like, a giant battle axe? I know they have, like, axes and, and different things like that in college football for various games, right? But we need to have that in the pro leagues. We need to, you, it, Stanley Cup is great, right? But All imagine right. if you won, like, I Lord want you Stanley's. To you know, bat or something where he just hits Lord people. Lord Sanders bat. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> here's sure. here's what I need you to visualize. To answer your question, why don't we have these things for our things? Congratulations, Aubrey Huff. You've just won the World Series. Here's an X. All right. I, He'd I, go I, on I, a killing spree. I immediately regret that decision. Can I just <laughs> say that I do regret giving it to him? But you need to look this thing up, man, because when I say it's a sword, all right? I'll look all right? When you're thinking of a sword, what you're picturing perhaps is like the sword that a that a pirate might carry with them. Or maybe you're thinking of like a ninja sword. What I am telling you is picture like the dumbest version of what a He-Man sword looks like. Like the most absolutely ridiculous version of there's like oh that man that's coming intense man that's like sword in the stone sort of stuff that's what i'm saying it's like no one could physically actually use a sword like this in real battle if they did they'd be 12 feet tall that's actually a good descriptor is he-man sword it looks like it's he-man sword yeah so it just i'm saying picture the most ridiculous version that you can think of of that and that's what they've made their trophy it's it's ridiculously cool imagine if you walked into their facility and they have like three or four korean series wins and they've just got those swords all up on the wall like you walk in to their front office and they just got those mounted on the wall that would be pretty epic i got some good news for you today too i mean aside from the fact nc dinos win in the korean series i have some more good news so the mets the mets are you know, a new organization now. They have a new owner, Steve Cohen, always here. Your guy. Um, Mr. Cohen. Yes, you're, you're very excited about the prospect of your baseball team. Sandy Alderson is sort of running baseball ops, and, you know, he's there. And he made a very important announcement that I know you've been waiting for. He said that in 2021, he fully expects Tim Tebow to be back oh, with the New York Mets. Oh, good Lord. That's fine. That's fine. Well, you know the hot rumor is with uh, what's what's going to happen in twenty twenty two with the Mets. No, the uh, the rumor. Well, I didn't even say it's a rumor. This is what a lot of Mets fans are hoping is that. So the Mets had said they were going to initially have in between like 
the general manager and Sandy Alderson, they were going to have like this other person who's like a team president who's going to basically run all of baseball operations. And then Sandy Alderson is just like a consultant, more or less. Okay. And, and then they suddenly have abandoned that decision and said, you know what? Um, we're just going to leave things kind of as they are. We'll hire a GM and he'll kind of run things for this year. And Sandy's going to be involved and that'll be fine. And yeah, we'll revisit it next year. So the thought is with Theo Epstein walking away from the Cubs that the Mets will go make a play for him after he takes his year off to go find himself or whatever he wants to do. And then they'll get him next year to do the same thing that with the Mets that he did with the Red Sox and the Cubs. So there you go. Potentially, yeah. that's the that's the theory that's out there. All right. No likey? And it's, it's fine. I, I like Theo. It's fine. I like it. So right. what he'll well, do is he'll... I mean, it's, look, Theo Epstein is a, is a good baseball guy, all right? But this notion that he takes, like, fairy dust and puts them on these teams, and it's like, and now you can win. <laughs> I know, it's like, now you have big payrolls and big markets, and they should have won a long time ago, and he was there when they did win. So, yes, congratulations to Theo. Right. But that's not necessarily meaning that he just goes to the Mets. All of a sudden, they win the World Series. No, I, I don't think that's the case. What you I'm need just is Tony you. La Russa. That's what you need. You need <laughs> the combination of Tim Tebow and Tony oh, La Russa. I would love to see it. You are like every college football coach who's got a bad assistant coach that he doesn't want to fire, but he does know that he can't be the coach anymore, and you're just calling up all your buddies like, I got to tell you, our, our, our defensive coordinator, man, Yeah, I know we're giving up 50 points a game, but I got to tell you, this guy works, man. He's good. He'd, he'd be really good with you guys down there. You should take him on. I don't think he should work here anymore. Like You're just trying to sell me on your guy that you don't want. I am. Uh, Reichert Ford Fan Poll, 971thefan.com. Where will the Buckeyes finish in the Big Ten basketball standings? Your choices. First or second place. Third through fifth place, sixth through eighth place, or ninth place, or worse. Uh, I'm going to say third through fifth. That's my hope. I don't. I don't really think there's there's a. Well, I shouldn't say that. This conference is deep and it's kind of wide open. But I I think it's sort of a pipe dream at this point to think that they're going to finish first or second place. But crazier things have happened. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very weird year. I'm I'm tending to be more in that if they finish in the top five of the Big Ten, I'll be really happy with it. So I'll say third to you say fifth or sixth. Either way, that's that's about where I would see them and hope that they are going to be able to be. So yeah, I'll take that. Tim Tebow. <laughs> you Why? thought you thought maybe Why? with the with the new owner and the change of direction that they would just say goodbye to the dog and pony show and say that's enough we've had enough of this but no i it warms me it warms me that tim tebow is going to be back we're going to have a year where Taysom hill is going to be the starting quarterback of the saints and timmy tebow is still going to be in the mets minor league organization and it makes me happy because you will be miserable yeah, well, all, look, all I know is this. It, Mets fans right now, they really like Mr. Cohen, Steve Cohen, the, the new owner. Always because, here. Yes, he seems very different than the previous owner, the Wilpons. And for those who haven't followed that, the Wilpons were very like secretive. They would give press conferences once in a blue moon. It seemed like they were reading off a sheet. They never had anything of, of interest to say. And they were screwing up the Mets left and right, constantly making mistakes. So Steve Cohen comes in and they're like, Oh, Steve Cohen, this guy's great. He's on Twitter, Mike. He's joking with the fans. He's going to have Bobby Bonilla day. Like he's having all this fun. And people are forgetting that like Steve Cohen is also this really weird, reclusive billionaire that 
up until just the last few months when he bought this team, hasn't really been available to the public, doesn't come out very much, doesn't say a lot, but suddenly he's bought the Mets and is on Twitter, and now all is thought like, yes, he'll be great. So I, I hope he is, but let's just keep in mind, this guy's also like a really weird billionaire who may also screw all the Mets up. All of these guys are weird billionaires. I They're know. all weird. By the way, the, going back to Theo for a second, Theo Epstein, yeah. Well, that's sort of the rumor that, you know, he takes his year off and then he comes in next year and runs the Mets, right? Right. I'm not saying this is necessarily true because maybe his mind can be changed or maybe this is on the table for Steve Cohen. But the the rumor is if Theo Epstein's going to take another Major League Baseball job, he's going to want a share of ownership. He's going to want someone to cut him off a slice. Mm-hmm. And I don't, well, I don't know if Steve Cohen would be willing to do that. Maybe he would. Maybe that's how he can show Mets fans that he's the most dedicated owner in the world by just be. saying, "Hey, here's I'm I'm taking ten percent and I'm selling it to Theo Epstein." Yeah, that's very interesting though. Just just thinking about that though, from Theo Epstein's point of view, can't blame him for asking for it, right? But oh, whatever sure. he's team, got, all the leverage in the world, right? But whatever team does acquiesce and say, "Okay, yes, you, we want you, and we will give you a slice." Now, like anybody who is successful in running a Major League Baseball team to that level, which is not many people, but now that's going to be their standard operation of asking is, yeah, well, if you want me, I need a slice of ownership. And then eventually you're going to have all these teams where they're going to have, I, I don't know, like I just see this being a bad trend to start 20 years from now. What does that look like where every good GM, it's like, oh, yeah, he gets 3% ownership in your team if you want him to come there. And then some of these guys will fail eventually. The Epstein might fail when he does it the next time. You never know. So then you've given him ownership and the team still sucks. I don't know if that's ideal. Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy has motivated his team by channeling a bad 70s-era comedian. Apparently, last week before they played the Vikings, Mike McCarthy brought watermelons to practice and then smashed them with a sledgehammer like Gallagher Gallagher, would do. And I think Gallagher still does, or at least he did pre-pandemic, because I think he's still alive and touring. But he said, Mike McCarthy said... It was all just part of the messaging. We had a number of points of emphasis that we were trying to hit, so a number of guys got to participate, and once again, I'd say it was a lot of fun. It was well-received. Now, look, man, I'm a stick in the mud, all right? I've never been a fan of, like, team-building exercises, and once in a while they would bring in one of these, like, business motivational speakers, and I would be there rolling my eyes, and I but I would see people in the room inspired right where they're like yeah woo!" and they'll be saying the slogans and doing the jargon and they would get inspired i don't know how long the inspiration would last but it would work for them so who be it for me to discount smashing watermelons and their ability to go out and beat the minnesota vikings i think it's stupid if i were one of the players i'd be looking at my coaching staff saying really we're really going to do this. We're going to symbolically smash watermelons and then visualize ourselves going out there and smashing our opponent. This is ridiculous. I want to get the hell out of here. But maybe it worked for them. Maybe it did. Or maybe this just happened to be the game where you you won a game and that had nothing to do with it. <laughs> maybe, in fact, they were like, can we get out of here? Maybe if we win, he won't bring any more watermelons on the plane. Who knows? I don't know what it was. But either way, I guess we'll see more Gallagher if they keep winning. Uh, back page coming up, Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. 
Good evening. Still watching that accident blocking the right lane of I-70 eastbound at Miller Avenue. This is an injury crash. Traffic is backed up to the 71 East split. It has taken quite some time to get this one clear. Please be cautious and watch out for delays. This traffic report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are they're wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by a local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. Only an array with fan traffic. Buckeye Show coming up at the top of the hour. Hosting the Buckeye Show tonight is Maddie Andrews. Hello, Maddie. What's up, gentlemen? How are you doing this evening? I was just uh, seeing that you're not going to have anything to do tomorrow night. I saw that they canceled women's basketball. They did. Uh, two o'clock men's game. The women were supposed to play at six, but that will not happen. Apparently, Akron uh, reported something before they got here, before they were able to test. And so. At least that's how I read the release from Ohio State. So there'll be no women's game tomorrow, and I don't believe it'll be made up. So they'll open their season on Sunday, part of a doubleheader at the Cavelli Center after the men play at noon. But the men do open tomorrow, so that's exciting, and uh, hopefully that will happen. But like you've said all day, guys, we've got to see them get through a test tonight and then also tomorrow to make that go. This is what it's sort of going to be all season, Maddie, right? I mean, we're just, we, these games are on paper, but really until they start playing them, there's always a possibility they could go away. Yeah, I think so. And I think we also learned, though, from Coach Holtman yesterday that the testing procedure with these non league teams is going to be a little different than maybe it would be as they get into league play. Perhaps they'll have a better idea. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's going to be daily testing once they're in league play or what, but uh, seemingly that these protocols will be a little bit different once it is Big Ten versus Big Ten. I don't fully understand how all that works, but yeah, I think so, Mike. I think this is going to be just hold on to your seat and see where this goes uh, as we progress. You know, what I find really wild about all this, though, is that you had so much consternation in the Big Ten about the football season and <laughs> the way to do it and what's the right way, what's the wrong way, and, and is it safe, is it not safe? And they finally got to a system that they feel like is pretty safe. And it feels like now with college basketball, and not just the Big Ten, all these other conferences too, they're just kind of all like, oh, yeah, we got other sports going on. Uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, we got to figure it out. Like, How is it that all these conferences have not come together and said, this is the standard nationwide, we're all going to do this, NCAA, you would think, would want to be involved in that, given this is their tournament. Like Men's and women's basketball pays the bills. I don't understand why there's not a nationwide system set up to say, this is what everybody's doing, just so we're all clear. Yeah, but, you know, and that's a great point, Bone, but after all, isn't it all about the hypocrisy sometimes of what they're doing or what they're not doing? And, and it, it, you know, of all these tournaments and of all these sports, certainly you're going to have football revenue, but... I think we look at it. There's no way that the basketball tournament can't happen again. Like, right. Like right. That, that is going to be the lifeblood of seemingly everyone, no matter the size of, of your program, of your athletics department. So, But it is. It's uh, Boy, it's crazy. I mean, think about the idea that the Ohio State women are supposed to open tomorrow. The Big Ten released a schedule yesterday. Like, give me <laughs> yeah, a break. It's ridiculous. Give me a it break. It is absolutely ridiculous. Did they forget that? I'm not just singling out the Big Ten. Did everyone in college sports forget that you have other sports than football? Apparently, the answer is yes, because that's all they seem to be focused on and not getting the other sports going. Wow. But uh, and ima- Imagine how frustrated the really smaller sports, I, I the can't. non-revenue people are. I mean, I've heard from coaches, and I'm not going to name them, but... 
there are people even here that are like, we don't know what's next. We, you know, and oh, how, how yeah. does how's the testing work? What's coming up on the Buckeye Show tonight, man? Well, Chopper will be uh, in the one Hi. chair tonight. Yes. So we're going to look uh, look back on the Buckeyes win over Indiana a little bit more. We're going to review Ryan Day's uh, press conference today, Zoom call. We'll talk Buckeye hoops, men's and women's. And uh, we're going to hear from Adam Jardy at the bottom of the hour at 630. Buckeye Show, top of the hour, two big hours tonight right here on The Fan. Back page, hit it. The Back Page. The Back Page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. Bone. Oh, man, this is uh, news from the entertainment world. Uh, there is a, a new movie that is in production, just starting. It's uh, featuring Nicolas Cage. The movie is called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. But so I'm glad you're is... finally making my biography. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's an action satire, which I think could be actually pretty funny. The idea is Neil Patrick Harris is in this, too, and he will play Nicolas Cage's agent. Nicolas Cage will play himself in a movie where a super fan hires him to attend a birthday party and pays him a lot of money because he's fell on hard times financially. In the movie, the action hero will then be thrown into an action sequence because of some unforeseen events, and then he's going to have to lean on his action star skills. So they're actually kind of poking fun at Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage will be in this as Nicolas Cage. It's a little bit mind-bending, but I'm I'm actually looking forward to whenever they get this out in a few years. I'm sure it's not coming out anytime soon, but yeah, there's a bunch of other actors. Pedro Pascal, Tiffany Haddish, Sharon Horgan, also all attached to this. Should be a funny movie. I'm looking Very forward good. to it. Uh, Buckeye shows up next. Inside the crew is at 8 o'clock. And this show is back after Buckeye basketball tomorrow evening. Talk to you then. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for an accident blocking the shoulder of I-70 westbound at Wilson Road. Traffic is stop and go from 670 and continues to build in this area. This is an injury crash with police on scene. Please be extra cautious as they get the situation clear. This traffic report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by a local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Hey, Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But we have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. One is angry. The other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald. Bald, bald. Here's man and bone. I want to point something out. All right. I, too would be bald if I don't if I didn't take these pills every single day. <laughs> I've been taking the Propecia pills or whatever the generic is called now. Yeah. For almost twenty years. It's called amateur Pecia. <laughs> I didn't think about it for a second. Good job. <laughs> and I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills, like my hair will just fall out in one day. All of it. Yeah. Well it's funny because we were watching last night I had the NBA games on and uh ESPN I'm trying to remember who was alongside uh, Richard Jefferson. I wanted, Richard I Jefferson. Yes. Uh, maybe, I don't remember. It's one of the bald guys that does ESPN broadcast, whatever. And so Richard Jefferson is obviously shaved head. This guy also shaved head, you know, probably trying to forestall the inevitable. And Melissa's like, wow, man, everybody's just, you know, out here not embracing their baldness. And I'm like, 
you're, I, I too shave. Like, I don't let it grow long. I don't have like the, you know, coconut with a Hulu skirt on should. it. Like, no, I'm not going to do you that. You need a different look. And you can't shave it all the way. No, you I can't be totally bald. You look like a clan member. Thanks. Thanks. You, you would. I, you would look like a total I clan mean, member if you were totally bald. I would think you look like a clan member if you show up with a hood on. Like, that makes you... Yeah, but don't you just stop What am I now. supposed to do? I'm bald. Like, I just... You have that look to you. A fat white guy who's bald. No, Is there that are it? other white people who can pull it off. I'm just <laughs> saying that that's not something you could pull off. I don't think. No, I have, like, shaved it all the way down. It's too much maintenance. That's I don't know if people realize that's a lot of shaving. That is you got to do it every day. Yeah, oh yeah, to get the to get the cue ball look. Yeah, like I have the stubble going, and sometimes it gets a little longer. That shave it back down, but the the cue ball polished dome thing that's a whole nother level. Like of Stanley commitment. Tucci. Stanley Tucci is a white guy, but he can pull off the shaved head look without you looking at Stanley Tucci like oh he's going to burn a cross on somebody's lawn but you're you, saying i i think you're people saying get the wrong impression you would accuse me of it even though you know me and know i would never do right. something like that i that's, know i know i've known you the, for years that's bad but i would just yell well, racist at you and run away well, i'm glad i don't shave my head all the way down then is it okay where it is now because oh, i just want, fine now. okay good i yeah, just want to make sure like every other fat soccer yes, loving guy good. right I now don't, i don't want to give off any vibes that are not accurate so good all right A special thank you for consuming all the stupidity we can safely shove down your gullet. Come back for more podcasts. And again, the podcast is sponsored by our friends, because they pay us. Care, heating, and cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. Stop listening now. The podcast is over. Turn it off. Go do something.